0: The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses alcoholism and implied sexual assault. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs.
1: Welcome back to the Three Little Words podcast, where we read and rate romance novels on steaminess, dreaminess, and meme I'm Nicole.
0: And I'm Claudia.
1: And today we will be discussing AITA, A Modern Fairy Tale by Cassie Alexander. Claudia, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this was your pick.
0: This was my pick. This came up in like my Amazon recommendations. (laughs) And like I say... I for one welcome our new Amazon overlords if this is the type of book that they're giving me.
1: Okay, so I want to just like describe the cover real quick.
0: Yeah, this wicked ass cover.
1: Yes! <laughs> literally, I was like, what in the wicked fan fiction is this? It's literally a woman who's been photoshopped green, like very clearly <laughs> <laughs> photoshopped <laughs> with her arms around like a smiling blonde woman. She has the same expression as those women in the stock photos with their salads. (laughs) Yeah. I was like four and a half pages into this book and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, oh my God. I freaking love this.
0: <laughs> it was so good. I was not expecting a lot from this. I don't know what I expected from this, <laughs> but I didn't expect it to be like one, really hot and two, like really touching.
1: Yeah. Not to like give away my rankings early yeah. on, but it's up there.
0: It is up there. It's up there. And I'm deeply surprised to be saying that from a book that starts out with Dear Schmedit." it's good i am so excited to talk about this book because it was honestly a pleasure to read okay the back of the book actually is almost word for word like the first bit of this book
1: oh the schmettit post yeah
0: dear dear schmettit, no copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> dear Schmedit, this past weekend my fiancee 24 male and i 23 female were at a party at a friend's and i'll admit we both got pretty wasted Apparently, sometime that night, he asked me if it was okay to summon a demon for a threesome before a wedding, and according to him, I told him yes. I don't actually remember this happening so clearly, but his friends must have heard me, because a week later, they'd all pitched in to have a delectably demonic, trademark, summoning <laughs> kit delivered to our house for him. I want to put my foot down, but that would make him sad. I, <laughs> I think he was really looking forward to it after I told him it'd be okay, and his friends really did spend a lot of money on this thing. It's top of the line and they can't return it. You know how demons are. So I kind of feel like a jerk. I mean, I did say yes, and I don't want to let him down. If I tell him no, am I the asshole? Well, AITA. Mm-hmm. AITA is a sizzling sapphic rom-com based on instantly recognizable internet lore. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's the summary. Internet lore.
1: Yeah, so I mean, based on the cover and the blurb, which yeah, is this just this first little bit of the book, I was like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was in for a treat when um in the dedication, the author says last but not least to the hashtag MCBC Discord. The Monster Fuckers channel, in particular, who have single handedly made me like reading again. No small feat in these dark times.
1: As we established on this podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are certainly monster fuckers. Again, just like looking at the cover and then the first like half of this book, I was like, oh, it's like, it's barely monster fucking. And then mm. we get monster fucking.
0: Even then, I think this is on the tamer side. Oh, yeah. For sure. To- i mean we'll get into it but i think that it's kind of a toss-up which is more of a monster fucker book this or monsters of river's edge
1: okay oh we we will discuss after (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's gonna be a good we should tell martin to read this book (laughs) we should yeah
0: (laughs) hang on let me get the let me get my discord up (laughs) i have a recommendation (laughs) for you a demon, monster, fucker, lesbian, bomb <laughs> There we go. Martin yes. has received a recommendation.
1: Yes, good. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. We open with our heroine and her fiancé. We have Becky and Logan. Becky and Logan are engaged. And as the Schmedit post earlier mentioned, they have a demon summoning kit, which cost twenty five thousand dollars
0: yeah that should not (laughs) i I think these demons are really just extorting whoever will pay that
1: oh for sure i think they like kind of they don't say it but they kind of are just like well humans are gonna pay it so like might as well make some
0: money (laughs) wow they're just like wizards of the coast (laughs) also i gotta say becky and logan is the most white couple name of oh all time. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> the whitest.
1: <laughs> yeah, and his last name's Graff and he is very <laughs> typical, like somebody we went to college with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> name names.
1: <laughs> no, I mean just like in general, oh, just like, in general, just in types general, of students, like a rich white frat boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his entire personality. And so, yeah, we open with the two of them just, like, looking at this demon summoning kit. And Becky really doesn't want to go through with this. She was drunk when she agreed to this. But she does feel bad that his friends spent all this money. Because, again, $25,000.
0: Yeah, apparently, well, one, Logan is rich. And two, Logan has rich friends. So... They can apparently afford this if they all go in together, which I have to ask. You know, there is buying a big gift for your <laughs> pros. And then there's this, which feels really weird, even if you like blow it off as kind of like a bachelor party present, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like, oh, dude, we all chipped in. <laughs> we all chipped in five thousand dollars so that you could fuck a demon.
1: I think that just like speaks to their personalities because i mean one we know that they're like annoying frat bros Mm -hmm. and two becky and logan have only ever been with each other sexually i mean yeah and so i think that's also his friends being like oh you need to get some more poon before you get married and chained to this woman forever so they're just like assholes (laughs) Yeah guys. They would say Poon, I know it. They
0: they would say Poon, I know. <laughs> I, I as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah <laughs> Too real. Too real. Since it's mentioned that in the original post that Becky was drunk when she agreed to this Becky is actually like a recovering alcoholic. She only like just realized within the last like month or so that she is most likely an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She has made an agreement with her friends that she's going to stay sober until her wedding.
1: Yes. And it's not like, from what I could tell, like she hasn't done anything terrible,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: but it's mostly she doesn't like that she does this and she's just trying to hold herself accountable. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I really liked as, like, just a character thing where she's just, like, I'm noticing this problematic behavior that I am exhibiting. And granted, nothing terrible has come of it, but I don't want it to get to that point. Let me take care of this now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So
1: I really like her. I really like her also. Just, like, want to mention that.
0: She's really charming and interesting. She's a very well-developed character.
1: She really is. Uh, which, again, I did not expect much from this book, I'm going to be totally honest, and then yeah. I was just so pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, we've had a lot of lead women on this podcast who just kind of, like, it's not that they don't have a personality, it's that their personality is very, like, kind of muted, and, like, they kind of don't really have a lot of their own desires outside of whatever the plot wants. hmm Like... Alice and Avery specifically, <laughs> not to dig into Jenny L. Howe again, but like <laughs> I think that Becky is what Alice and Avery could have been. Mm hmm. Somebody with a very particular set of interests. Yes. Who wants to like work really hard, who has some like, you know, actual flaws to work on, except Becky puts forward effort to work on them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's a huge part of her character, too, which we'll like get later on. But her entire life slash character is not just this romance between her and the demoness. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) also very like literally page three of the book. Becky and Logan are having sex and it's very clear that (laughs) he's just like not very good at pleasing her. Because he's like ready to come and she's like not even close. And she's like, it's fine. Like, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, do you want me to get your toy? She's like, no, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I mean, she she even says that like she enjoys the closeness of sex with him. Not really so much sex, but just like feeling like one with him, you yeah. know? And I think that Becky is supposed to be bisexual. Mm-hmm. Because the author is bisexual, yeah. this book is like her her coming out book essentially. Mm-hmm. But Becky really reads as a lesbian.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Becky's parents died very early on in her. She was like ten, I think.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, and what happened? I can't exactly remember what even happened.
0: Car accident, maybe. I don't think they even really say.
1: Yeah. And I was like, did I skim over that part or something? But I, but she was like ten when they die. And so when she so she was staying with her grandmother at the time, and then she was bouncing between relatives. And so that also contributes to why she doesn't feel great about possibly throwing out this $25,000 gift. Also, as somebody who grew up with like, not a lot of money, like (laughs) getting rid of something that's expensive is like very painful.
0: Yeah, even if you don't really want it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just like, Oh, someone spent money on this. But also $25,000 on a sex kit, essentially.
0: You could flip that.
1: Honestly, I would have.
0: Another thing to know about Becky is that she is very into art. Art is like her passion. Uh, Not in the graphic design is my passion kind of way, (laughs) but, but actual like art. She currently works as an assistant at the gallery that Logan's mother owns. Logan's mother, Bastiana.
1: What a name, Bastiana Graf. Yeah,
0: Yeah, honestly.
1: What a fucking name.
0: (laughs) She sounds like she's rich and owns an art gallery. Bastiana is pretty terrible. Oh my god, she's the worst? It's not like she, like, screams at her or, like, I don't know, really abuses her. She just kind of, like, puts Becky down a lot and just kind of, like, dismisses her and clearly doesn't think that she's good enough for her baby boy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No one is. No one. (laughs) No one is.
0: Mother-in-laws, am I right?
1: (laughs) 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 I highlighted a couple things later on, but I'm just going to mention them now because I want to just establish her character real quick. But she says some dumb shit, like telling uh, Becky something along the lines of, oh, eating carbs two days before your wedding? You might want to rethink that. Like, bitch, excuse you?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. It's too real.
1: She's a lot. And so then, of course, we have Logan. And Logan is exactly the kind of person you would expect would be as a result of like someone like Bastiana's parenting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what do you think about
1: Logan? I think he's just like a nothing person. Yeah. He's just there. I mean, and, and yeah. I'm not saying that like, um like he was poorly written. He's just like that person
0: he's not a blank piece of paper of a man in the sense that he is a bad character he's the blank piece of paper of a man as in you know we've all met somebody who's like oh my favorite drink is is water (laughs) (laughs) my favorite my favorite song is whatever's on the radio
1: like he's just one of those people who is just so desperate to be more interesting than they really are yeah He also really reminds of, you're not going to understand this reference, but for all the listeners, if there are any of you who are as into (laughs) shitty dating shows as I am, he just gives me very Cole from Love is Blind season three vibes (laughs) where he's like, oh yeah, like I'm just a guy and I'm like here and to have a good time. But also he just sucks.
0: (laughs) Is Cole the one who left that girl at the altar?
1: No. Okay. Cole's one who got left at the altar.
0: Oh, okay. I, I got it backwards.
1: Yeah, Logan
0: isn't a bad person. He's not really like a dick or anything. He doesn't even treat Becky badly, per se.
1: He just does like dumb shit.
0: Yeah, he's just kind of inconsiderate.
1: Just like a privileged kid whose mother was all up in his ass and never had to answer for anything and takes everything for granted and therefore just doesn't see the harm and things he does
0: yeah exactly i don't know logan logan just kind of exists there are multiple times where he calls becky his girlfriend rather than his fiance and they're getting (laughs) married in like two weeks
1: not to plug another podcast but um comedy bang bang uh the host is scott ackerman and he always calls his wife his (laughs) ex-girlfriend he's like oh yes my (laughs) ex-girlfriend Very funny. And, like she hates it when he keeps doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, similar vibes, but also he's Logan's just dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah, my note here at the end of chapter one literally says he's not awful; he's just kind of inconsiderate.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, just like he's just dumb. Yeah, so okay, now that we've kind of established their characters, like let's get yeah. back into plot. So, Logan and Becky have only ever been with each other. And it's very, very, very clear that Logan really wants to do some experimenting before he marries Becky. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the one who's really pushing for this demonic whatever. What is it? What was the word for it? What do they call it? Oh, the delectably hit. demonic summoning kit. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, says this out loud and also makes Becky repeat after him where he says, demons don't count.
0: I mean, it's the ultimate don't worry about it, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't worry about it, babe. It doesn't count. Doesn't count. I mean, like, okay, as a poly person, I really got to, like, I <laughs> I have so many feelings about it because, like, I would be okay with this, but <laughs> <laughs> like you got to establish that shit. You have got to have better communication. Mm-hmm. I f- I feel even if it's a one time thing, you can't just be like, well, you agreed to it while you were drunk, so that's the end of the conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's that, and then also there is a double standard that comes mm-hmm. up later on.
0: Yeah. Oh, so.
1: It's just, I mean, there's a lack of communication here, a lack of, like, actual consent. It's just yeah. not great. And, like, to his credit,
0: he does offer multiple times to, like, throw it out. Yeah. Like, if you do not want to do this, just, like, say it. And I will I will throw it out. And she's like, oh.
1: Because yeah. in her brain, she's in between a rock and a hard place, so... One is being, you know, thought of as the girl who didn't let her fiancé have fun and she's, like, stuck up and doesn't want to do new things.
0: And the other one is that, like, she didn't want Logan to, like, I mean, one, she didn't really want to do the summoning, and she also didn't want Logan to, like, brag to his friends about it afterwards.
1: Yeah. Ugh. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's this whole thing where she like really goes back and forth about it. And then she also discusses this with her two best friends, Kelsey and Gemma. What are your thoughts on Kelsey and Gemma?
0: I think that Kelsey isn't uh, as established as a character as Mm -hmm. Gemma, but like I like them both. I think they're
1: fun. Yeah, I really like Gemma. Yeah, they Mm -hmm.
0: also appear to be based on the author's like real life friends or at least named after them. Oh. (laughs) Dedication says, To Gemma, I think I promised you this 10 books ago. To Kelsey, thank you for the amazing idea and for listening along the way. So it's, I think that's cute to name them after stuff. If any authors we review or anything want to name characters after us, I mean, you can go right
1: ahead. Oh my God, do it. Make sure (laughs) mine's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they're they're very fun. But yeah, you're right. Kelsey isn't as established as Gemma is, but very fun. I love when we have a good friendship dynamic. I feel yeah. like in a lot of the books we've read, it's just kind of been like, oh, yes, this person has friends, but they're just kind of like accessories are just not really there.
0: You can say the makeup test. It's OK. <laughs> oh, it's
1: so sad. I wanted to like it. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. But like, yeah. It's got its issues. It does. But yeah. So this was just fun. I love seeing like fleshed out female friends. I love seeing my little girl squad.
0: Exactly. And like they are such a a, like major support in her life.
1: Yes. Like not to (laughs) plug my fix or anything, but that's like one of the things that I like really focus on on one of my fix. And people like call out feel like, feels like it has like a negative connotation to it. But they pointed it out. And they were like, Oh, I really like that. Like, these are actual people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I tried. Because yeah, that's a thing that does bug me. So I I enjoyed them.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I like it. So she basically goes over this with her friends. And like, what do they even discuss here besides what we already sa- said? Oh, Her friends call her a child bride. And it's like, Her fiancé is like a year older than her. (laughs) Also, I got married at 23. Chill
1: out. For me personally, I I vibe with Alana from Broad City. She's like, I'm 27. What am I, a child bride? Or whatever the line is. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, they were just talking about it and talking about like the pros and cons of fucking the demon and like not fucking the demon or whatever. And we do get some lore Mm -hmm. early on because, yeah, they're just talking about demons mad casually. And I'm like, what is what is happening?
0: Tell me what you think of the lore building in this book, Nicole.
1: I thought it was very fun except I also thought it was like weird in the sense that we just got it in chunks and I was like whoa like I feel (laughs) like you're just throwing a lot at me and then like okay we get some plot and then it's like here's some more lore by the way and I was like okay and then I kept reading and it's like oh by the way here's more lore. (laughs) Yeah. and I was like oh god.
0: I think that the world that Cassie Alexander has established is very fun. Yes. To me, it's like the movie Her, 2013, Joaquin Phoenix, where like it's the not too distant future and (laughs) everything is still like basically the same. But there's like little sci-fi things. Yeah. And to me, it's like this is the same world, more or less, except there's also just demons. (laughs) So demons made themselves known to humanity some time ago?
1: A few decades ago, they say.
0: A few decades ago.
1: Because apparently they liked to gamble, buy expensive things, and eat sushi, which, like, they're so valid. Demons are just like us for real.
0: It's my hobby.
1: (laughs) I, too, love to buy expensive things and eat sushi. And gambling is fun, but also I try to do it responsibly. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. So I was like, God, they're so valid. And the whole sushi thing is very funny because it is mentioned many times in the book, how much they freaking love fish. And I'm like, wow, they're just yeah. like me for real.
0: <laughs> they love raw fish.
1: It's great. It's so funny. They love salmon. They eat so much fucking salmon.
0: This yeah. <laughs> there's a point where there is a, a party at the art gallery and, uh, the caterers try to call up and they're like, hi, sorry, there's no salmon in like a hundred mile <laughs> radius of the city. <laughs> Cause some, some demon is having like her equivalent of a sweet 16. <laughs>
1: The demon quinceanera.
0: Uh, did they say quinceanera?
1: I don't know, but I'm okay. gonna pretend it's a quinceanera.
0: It was one or the, one or the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they're just demons now. Yep, they're just hanging out.
0: They do magic.
1: Yeah, well, they're uh, they're not allowed to. Yeah,
0: they can do magic. They do not because yes. of the demon laws.
1: Yeah. Oh, the the, the treaties, which yeah. I, it has like it has three. There were three, and it was or three rules, and it was like don't do magic in public. Don't kill humans, something else.
0: Oh, don't engage in any non-consensual acts.
1: Ah, okay. I mean, Malin.
0: Pretty okay rules.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that's pretty much, you know, human rules.
0: I think the don't do magic in public one is a little far, but, like, you know, whatever we gotta do to get the sushi.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, they're so valid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first time that they, like, casually mentioned demons, outside of, like, the whole summoning thing, is I pulled my eyes away from the wall, looked left, and saw a demon. And my note here says, bro, what?
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, he was impeccably dressed and devilishly handsome. So yeah, that demon is Craylock. And he's like a patron of the uh, gallery and speaks with Becky and really likes what she has to say, which is like kind of new for her. She's She's like never given the opportunity to talk to people because mrs graf her future mother-in-law is all up in her business all the time because she doesn't think that she's like competent and doesn't trust her taste or anything
0: yeah she thinks that she's a stupid hick basically
1: oh yeah for sure and she says he's from the midwest she probably has like an accent and so mm. mrs graf is probably like oh this dumb bitch do we know where we are are we given like a city nope because <laughs> i assume it's like New York.
0: Yeah, it's New York or maybe like it's Portland. Mhm. Maybe Seattle.
1: I'm thinking New York just because the Graff family gives me very much old money vibes. I'm like mm-hmm. they live in Greenwich, you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so I'm like that's the kind of vibe they're giving me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Graff has got the transatlantic accent. She's like, "My ma, you wonderful demons coming by my i'm coming by my paintings and becky's over here like oh yeah don't you know why don't you come out here and buy my indie art
1: (laughs) oh god mrs graff hates her (laughs) hates her accent (laughs) so yeah so she's just some dumb bitch hick who like works here because she sunk her claws into her baby boy and now she has to be nice to her
0: (laughs) (laughs) she thinks becky's a demon but in a derogatory way
1: (laughs) oh i know we talked about her character before but like We didn't mention that Mrs. Graff is essentially running the show and not just the gallery. I'm talking about wedding planning, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that is, that's going to be her wedding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get Becky's whole character motivation for not planning this wedding. Like, Logan's mom is going to complain about everything if she doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's far easier on her. She's a a total pushover. But also, like, maybe it's just because I'm this type of person, but I would like to scream. Like if I had to deal with this.
1: What do you mean? Deal with it as like the wedding planning or dealing with that woman?
0: Dealing with that woman.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd be screaming into my pillow like every night trying (laughs) not to rip the head off of my future mother-in-law. Yeah. So, yeah, just like want to establish that she's planning the wedding. She's just all up in everybody's asses all the time, all up in everyone's business, not letting anyone have any kind of autonomy whatsoever. Mm -hmm. She needs to be in charge of everything. Yeah. Stressful.
0: So we're at the gallery and this demon walks in. His name is Kraylock. He is impeccably dressed. Apparently most demons just like wear very nice tailored suits all the time. Oh, good for them. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very devil's advocate. What do you think of Craylock?
1: I think he's fun. Mm-hmm. Craylock, call me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he does sound kind of hot.
1: Honestly, yeah. I feel like all the demons sound hot. Yeah. Except for fucking, what's it, Jorla Hut?
0: Yeah, <laughs> does not have an attractive name. Jorla Hut. Nor Hutt. does he have an attractive personality.
1: Jorla the Hut. Yeah, there that we was go. Cousin.
0: He's a patron of the gallery, and he appears to be pretty well connected as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bastian is constantly trying to, like, schmooze him. Ugh. Oh. Yeah.
1: Listeners, I just did the biggest eye roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the gallery is having an exhibit like that night or uh, like a couple of days from from now.
1: Very, very soon. And like very, very close to the wedding also.
0: Yeah. They purposely scheduled the wedding around this exhibit, I think. Yeah. And so this exhibit is for an artist named Etcetera, <laughs> which is very like Aquafina of her.
1: I, yeah. That was my note, too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Etc. has these very, like, Bosque-esque paintings with, like, (laughs) a lot of little people, I guess, in some type of hell. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of little details and things. Becky seems to appreciate her art in a lot of ways. She finds it really interesting. Etc. is an interesting character. Oh, yes. (laughs) She is very clearly queer. Mm Mm-hmm. Some sort of bisexual. Oh, for sure. She has like bright red dyed hair and she is very much trying to like move up the ladder. You know, she she's like kind of a social climber.
1: Oh, 100 percent, which like, you know, I gotta keep on that grind. Yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> so Bastiana is like sweeping, etc. under her wing and trying to like sell her her art because she sees a lot of potential in her. Bastiana. First of all, after referring to Becky as the help, which is very upper class white lady of her, God, she says to Becky. Logan says, "I need to send you home early. He's got something planned." Oh, and Becky is just like mortified because even though obviously Logan did not say to his mom, "Oh yeah, we have a demon threesome plan for tonight." <laughs> There is still like the knowledge of like, oh, God, now I have to come up with some sort of excuse of what we're doing tonight, which, uh, God, Bane.
1: <laughs> no, thank you. Also, Logan, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah, for real. So then we cut to the demon <gasps> plane, I guess. Do we have like a name for this demon earth plane of existence? What have you? No. Dimension. And we meet Hut. Who says, well, 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 Queenie Quenny, you're almost free. And we meet our girl, Quen, short for Quenelith.
0: Quenelith the Conqueror.
1: I love her. Which,
0: the hottest name, first of all. For real, though. (laughs) Quenelith is, like, really up there for me, for, like, romantic protagonists we've had.
1: Okay, but, like, Same.
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: I freaking love her
0: to me she's like if D from Under a Falling Star had sharper edges <laughs> mm-hmm. and also could do magic
1: oh my god 100% I just oh my okay um let's get into her a little later when like we actually like yeah, meet yeah, yeah. her meet her for real I guess or like get more of an idea it's like her character because I would love to just like I, I think I'm in love with her
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously <laughs>
1: So, yeah, he says you're almost free. And we learn that Quenolith is in prison right now. For what? We don't know quite yet. Yep. And so her punishment, her sentence, is to be one of these, like, sex demons.
0: Yeah, can we say how fucked up it is that her punishment is that she has to be raped for a period of time?
1: Seriously? Like... Okay, they they kind of give us a breakdown as to how these like sexy demon summoning things work. So they say 70% of the succubi and incubi were sent up to Earth to answer summons were basically high quality spelled sex dolls.
0: Also, the demons do this incubi-succubi thing because human-like sex energy is really good for magic. Yeah. So they just kind of like siphon it.
1: Sex energy for us to use for our spells here or to sell in other dimensions. So, like, it's like, you know, using solar panels and selling it back to the <laughs> energy company. <laughs> yeah, so they like benefit from having the sex energy, and then they say humans even paid us for the pleasure. So we got them coming, to, so to speak, and going. Twenty-nine <laughs> percent of the remaining thirty were demons who did it for the kink of it, who wanted to have some no-strings dalliances with humans or who enjoyed being quote forced to have or give a good time. Some of them even chose to earn commissions, and you could only pull them up with the more expensive kits. And then the last 1% of summoned demons were like me, demons who had done crimes, murder in my case, with good reason, but murder nonetheless. So like, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. She's been sentenced to five years of this, which is... Honestly, the most fucked up thing in this book that they really just kind of skim over.
1: Mm -hmm. And I I think they like are also kind of able to get away with skimming it over because...
0: Because she's girl bossing?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because it says, you know, this is her last day This of her sentence. And Jorla Hut's like, just suck a dick and get this shit over with, okay? And so we have here from Quen's point of view, I rolled my eyes. I had yet in my life to, quote, suck a dick. And I was not going to start tonight. Like many sex industries, demon summoning was woefully unregulated, but because of that, I'd gotten away with bullying most of my, quote, clients into letting me go. Some few of them had liked that, and I assumed the rest had been too scared in the moment to complain. For some reason, I had that effect on people. So like, as fucked up as this sentence is, they kind of rush it over because it's just like, oh, she hasn't actually had to do anything.
0: Yeah. It's very funny in a way. Yeah. If you ignore all the fucked up parts about it.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, this is fucked up. It's like, oh, no, but she's a girl boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, we should mention that Jorla Hut is like friendly with her.
1: Yeah, they have history. They used to, I oh, don't want to give away too much right now, but there was like kind of like a demon army thing going on and they sort of served together. Mm hmm. So, yeah, they, like, have history, but now that all that's over, she's a civilian, and now he, ha- he has this, like, position where he has to kind of be a little, little dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to the summoning.
1: Yes. Again, Logan over here telling Becky, say it with me, demons don't count, because <laughs> Mans is desperate, desperate to fuck a demon.
0: Yeah, I mean, bitch, me too, the fuck. Uh, but, like...
1: Man. <laughs> But it's like, sir, like your fiancé, not your girlfriend, your fiancé is Mm -hmm. very clearly uncomfortable with the whole thing. And again, like he's given her this out multiple times, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, she doesn't actually want to go through with it. Exactly. So I don't know. It's just... Like, you should know your partner well enough to be like, oh, yeah, like they say one thing, but they're saying this because they don't want to upset me and that's not consent, but whatever.
0: Yeah, you know. <sighs> you
1: know. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so they move all their furniture against the walls. They get their salt, make a little summoning circle and summon up a demon. And, oh boy, the description of Quen when she pops up Yeah. From Becky's point of view. And I don't know what I'd been expecting. I just never could have imagined summoning her. The being in front of us wasn't just like a happy little ditzy bouncy succubus like they showed in the commercials for the sex shops. First off, she was definitely a woman. Yes, she had curves. And yes, they were bracketed by the finest fetish gear that I had ever seen. A series of bust and hip clinging straps that barely hit anything. But despite her near nudity, her entire presence screamed self-possessed, and she hadn't even fully turned around yet. But when she did, my heart leapt into my throat. Her hair was so dark green, it was almost black, and a wave of it swept over her high cheekbones, old Hollywood glamour style. She had the full forest green lips, chocolate brown eyes, and all of her very visible skin was a shaded spring green. She was stunning, so put together, and so pretty that I had to look away. I'm in love with her.
0: Yeah she oh god she's great
1: mm-hmm. it's briefly mentioned later on but logan was the one really who like did the summoning like becky like helped but it was logan who was really going for it and so quen showed up like this because this is what logan wanted yeah which i thought was also just a fun bit of lore where yeah. just like she doesn't just show up wearing this like she doesn't own this it's just she shows up in whatever her summoner wants her to show up in
0: there's layers to this too (laughs) where like becky says the finest fetish gear i'd ever seen so what does becky own fetish gear
1: oh no for sure she does not (laughs) Mm, two
0: has logan suggested it almost certainly or maybe he's too much of a little bitch baby i
1: feel like he's too much of a little bitch baby like he wants it but he doesn't want to say it
0: (laughs) Instead, he'll joke about it a lot. It's
1: like, ha ha ha, babe, wouldn't it be so funny if you wore this? And she'd be like, okay. And it's like, no, but that's what he wants. He just is too chicken shit to say it out loud.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, if your partner jokes about a certain fetish a lot, they're into it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, listened to this other podcast and they do they give advice and stuff. And so someone called in and she was like, how do I tell my partner that i want to like spice up our sex life and they were like oh well you know just say like oh hey babe what if we try this and it's just like listen (laughs) like (laughs) yeah if someone is joking about it or giving like very subtle hints or suggestions it's because they want it
0: (laughs) yeah also i find it very funny that first of all she comes up and logan says welcome succubus He's reading, like, the spell brochure page and following the instructions. And Quinn says, My name is Quenelith the Conqueror, and I am no mere succubus, she said, staring at him imperiously. One perfect eyebrow cocked, and then she spied me and lightly frowned. And you are, she asked, Logan Graff, Logan said, giving her <laughs> its full name like we were at the DMV. <laughs> like- that
1: made me laugh. <laughs>
0: that unfortunately would be me <laughs> there there are phone calls that i make where i say my full name and like immediately after i say it i'm like i did not need to say my last name here <laughs> where i'm like this is claudia alexandre calling from place of work and i'm like i did not need to say alexandre <laughs> don't dox
1: <talk to> yourself <laughs> hey
0: Claudia Alexandra is my online first lesson. Oh, no, name.
1: I mean, like, when you're on the phone, don't dox yourself mm. to people.
0: <laughs> it's true. I don't. I, you shouldn't. Stop <laughs> Get some help.
1: So, yeah, Becky introduces herself because Quen's like, and who are you? And Becky says, Becky. <laughs> like, in that voice, she squeaks.
0: Quen says, ah. <laughs>
1: And then she says, well, humans, before you get any ideas, let me give you all my rules. First off, you touch me, you die, she said, pointing at Logan. I felt him tense. What? He sputtered. You clearly heard me, she said, unwilling to repeat herself. But I summoned you, he protested. Yes, you did, she said, walking to the edge of the nearest design element to tap the line of salt at its edge with the pointy toe of her high-heeled boot. And just how good a job do you think you did if I'm the creature that you got? It's not my fault if some of the packages are defective. Feel free to scoop all this salt back up into the bag and return it to the vendor. Logan was utterly confused and on the path to getting angry. You're supposed to be... What? The demon asked him, then glanced at me. Like her? Soft? Small? Pliable? Please. (laughs) If you want to get a boot kit out and polish my boots for me, that would be acceptable, Quanahleth went on. Jacking off in front of me is also allowed. I may or may not, however, make comments about the quality of your anatomy. Or... You can give me your girl to pleasure. It's hot. If she wants me to polish her boots, I'll do it.
0: Honestly. Honestly.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not even into boot stuff, but like, I mean, I'll, if Quinn asks, I'll do it.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> mm, it's just like the authority with which she speaks. And then yeah. just her being super hot. I can't not say no. Wait. Yeah. I, wait wait my double negatives my triple (laughs) negatives i I gotta say yes not
0: not say no
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying no
0: i would like to take this opportunity to apologize in advance to cassie alexander for the amount that we are going to thirst over your characters i'm not
1: apologizing this is what you are going for and you did a great job thank you for your service
0: (laughs) (laughs) in fact i take back my apology and I'm now going to say, fuck you, Cassie, for writing a woman so hot who does not exist. <sighs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and then and then Becky has the most bisexual thought in the world, which is I didn't know if I wanted to be her or be with her. And I'm like, girl, if that ain't me all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a big trans mood, to be honest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love her. I love both of them. I love them so much.
0: But yeah. like, ugh, Gwen. So Becky's not saying anything, but she very clearly wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to like hype herself up for it a little bit. And Logan argues with Gwen a little bit more. And then he just kind of stomps out of the summoning circle.
1: Yeah, he like kicks the salt out, breaks yeah, the circle.
0: He- He's like, fuck this. We're never talking about this again. That is literally what he says. Let's just never talk about this again, okay?
1: Yeah, he's real (laughs) butthurt. Yeah. I hate that term, but like, that's exactly what he is.
0: He is. He's...
1: He's a little bitch boy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to put myself into his shoes. Would I be mad? (sighs) I guess. I I would be pretty mad. if, Like, imagine if this was your money. You spent $25,000... I mean, at the same time, it's like it's kind of you're getting what's coming to you by summoning someone who basically can't or won't say no to you. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I guess you <laughs> do not ask for whom the girl boss bosses, <laughs> bosses for thee.
1: <laughs> I did skip over this one part that did make me laugh. But before Logan sends her back from whence she came... And she says, you can give me your girl to pleasure. From Becky's point of view, I gasped aloud. I felt like I had been struck by lightning. She wanted me? No, it was impossible. She was her and I had cheese breath.
0: (laughs) Because she tried to eat some food very quickly before (laughs) the summoning because they had to do it by like a certain time.
1: Like moon rise or some shit. I don't know. But yeah, so Quen pops up back in the demon dimension world earth planet thing and Hut's like what the fuck happened and she's like i don't know i you know he just got rid of me i guess and he's like all right well like you're done <laughs> and then she's like all right Hut, my man i need you to tell me where i can find these people and he's like whoa like no you're not allowed to kill humans and she's like "No, no 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 i'm not trying to kill them i just want to you know Seed them again you know she's just i'd never hurt her i liked her i'd more than liked her i'd felt her pull, pull? Mm-hmm. hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. what could that be she also says becky had been beautiful her face was soft her features gentle blue eyes over high cheeks that i'd seen flush and with full wide lips that i wanted to make smile her hair was a soft golden yellow with hidden streaks of darker brown pooling on her shoulders and somehow even though she was afraid she'd worn her nudity like innocence
1: like a proverbial eve in the garden walking up to a particular tree I really liked that I got some
0: questions about the theology of this world oh yeah <laughs> late in the book we're in a church for some reason who, who knows <laughs> oh. um <laughs> and apparently there are special like demon teleportation <laughs> rooms in public places Because apparently when you open up a hell portal, a lot of people get freaked out by that. So they have special areas in which you're supposed to do it. And in this church, there is a sign in this demon hell portal room that says Jesus died for your sins, too. And it's like, (laughs) did he? Is that is that part of the deal? (laughs) Lesson. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I'll just I'll just say Jews don't have that. I don't have to think about that. The demons can exist with my theology as well. Oh
1: God, no! As somebody who was raised Catholic, this, this, yeah, this is some, some dumb shit uh, they would also pull. Because I, okay, let's talk about theology a little bit because we mentioned it earlier with etcetera's art. But mm-hmm. one of the things that Becky talks to Craylock about is just now that like they know that demons exist and they're just like people. There's like no scapegoat now.
0: Yeah, there is no hell. It turns out.
1: Yeah, and so it. I feel like which I think is just like a very cool thing to think about. I mean, just like lore wise.
0: I mean, Jews can be telling you that there is no hell anyway, but you know.
1: Oh no! Just as somebody who was like raised Catholic, where it's <laughs> yeah, just like, no, I'm, I'm teasing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like as somebody who is raised Catholic, and it's just like, oh, demons this and demons that. It's just like, what would happen if suddenly that was just like taken away?
0: Yeah, they're just, they're just guys.
1: How these people react, (laughs) you know, it's interesting. Yeah. But probably, yeah, some dumb shit like Jesus died for your sins too. (laughs) So dumb.
0: (laughs) It's such a good joke. It lands so well.
1: There are like a lot of jokes that land very well in this book. I really enjoyed this
0: book. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. So Quen felt something like very distinct when looking at Becky. Had any of that been real, had I actually felt what I felt, my heart was telling me yes, yes, yes. And the way she looked at me, like I was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen. Becky didn't remind me of she but she reminded me of what I felt like when she was with me. Oh, she forgive me.
1: It's like, oh, who's She-Loy?
0: But who is <laughs>
1: Boo. <laughs> 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 I guess we could just say it now, right? I feel like it's pretty obvious that she quen's dead girlfriend
0: yeah dead wife really
1: oh yeah <laughs> oof
0: yeah we'll get into the rest of the backstory with them later but for now it's important to know that shiloy is dead damn r.i.p r.i.p girl boss uh, <laughs> but she <laughs> but quen was in jail for a crime related to shiloy's death
1: oh <gasps> What could it be? Oh, no. Oh,
0: I also find it very funny that back at, meanwhile, back on Earth. Yeah. (laughs) They have to vacuum up all the salt (laughs) (laughs) and their vacuum is too small. So they have to repeatedly dump out the salt. Uh, It reminds me of when we, we vacuumed our old home after basically not having done it since we moved in. And we had to repeatedly dump out all of the cat hair and all of my hair.
1: God, mood though.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The vacuum brand that we bought was specifically for pet hair. And one of the reviews said, I have a seven-year-old medium hair length German shepherd and a 30-year-old long hair length wife. And this works well (laughs) for both of them.
1: (laughs) See, my place is all carpet. And I also shed a fucking lot. And I also have a cat. And so when I tell you, my, um, my mom was like, here, have this vacuum, you're gonna need it. And I was like, damn, if she wasn't right, because yeah. all this fucking carpeting with the amount that I shed my tiny little fucking shark or whatever. I don't know. But like that vacuum is great. And I use it for small spaces. But for this whole carpeted apartment, let me tell you. Yeah, and I just think it's very funny that they have a small vacuum. It's like y'all could afford a bigger vacuum. Yeah, wait a
0: second. It's because Logan doesn't care about cleaning. He's so dumb. (laughs) He's like, why do we need to
1: vacuum, man? Like, Uh,
0: who cares? He's so dumb.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. So she texts Gemma and Kelsey, and she says, "I'm alive."
0: She had agreed to say that once once it was over. Yeah. <laughs> and her friends are like,
1: wow, what happened?
0: And she does not answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so now we get to the art show. Etcetera's art show. Oh, yes. Et cetera's art show. They get there and, you know, it's events popping. It's going great. There's a whole mess with the caterers and there not being any salmon. And then Bastiana was like, well, fucking get some then.
0: Yeah. She's like, I will send you back to hell where you belong. And demons are like, well, there is no hell, but okay. <laughs> Doesn't happen, but that is the vibe. It's clear that even if there is a, is not a hell, Bastiana will send them to it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, God,
0: Bastiana. She's just
1: so much. <laughs> yeah, so then somebody shows up. The door opens in the middle of this event. Becky's like, it's the caterers. It has to be the caterers. So she excuses herself from her conversation with Craylock, whose name is Charles.
0: Yeah, Charles Craylock. Like... Okay. <laughs> because Quenolith only seems to have one name. Jorlahot only seems to have one name. I have to assume that Craylock is his demon name. Yeah. And he found out when he like started doing business on Earth that most people expect two names. Yeah.
1: Them. Not everyone can be share. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or Chewbacca. Yeah. So <laughs> Second time I've used that joke. <laughs> so I assume he was like, all right, uh, first name, Charles. I'm I'm a real fan of that Dickens guy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a real fan of Mr. in charge.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Craylock. And he's like, please call me Charles because they're cool now.
0: Yeah. Did we talk much about their interaction before? Because when he came in the previous day, he and Becky had a very like positive interaction.
1: Yeah, I think we like mentioned it. And I talked about how like we're talking about like Etcetera's art and he liked what she had to say.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I I just could not remember what we had covered.
1: Oh, no, it's fine. I know we've been kind of like hopping around. Yeah. Just in case we, didn't, we weren't clear enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they had a very positive interaction. They're very cool. He really likes what she has to say. Mm-hmm. And it just like goes to show that she does know what she's talking about. So Bastiana, chill the fuck out. Exactly. So yeah, so she goes to the people or the person who just entered and she's like, oh, thank God you're here. And it's not the caterers. It's Quenelith. Dun dun. And also, oh, just, okay, this description of her. Because again, mm-hmm. when she was summoned by Logan, she showed up looking how he wanted her to look. But then when she shows up on her of her own accord, she didn't have Hollywood hair anymore tonight. It was in an asymmetrical bob that lifted in the back where if I'd slowed my roll a little, I would have seen the green tint to the skin beneath her undercut. And I also should have realized that her suit fit her far better than any of the caterers did. It was as if it were sewn onto her form, following her from her bust to her waist and then over her hips again with impossible precision. Hot. Why is she so hot?
0: I had this highlighted as steamy. Something about it. I'm sorry, I sputtered, wanting to apologize for literally everything last night just now and the way I was devouring her with my eyes. I thought I managed to get out. An imperceptible smile lifted the corners of her lips. At least I hoped it did. That it wasn't just my imagination putting it there. She tilted her head. You thought? Please continue. Something about the the very mild, like, degradation.
1: Please, the way I also had that highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know, just something about that. Because, like, she's aware of the effect that she has on her. Mm, yeah. She's like, yeah. You what? I'm like, oh, oh, God. Quenilith, please call me. My phone number is two Uh, three. <laughs> uh, I'm in love with her. Okay, let we stop thirsting for a second. Get back to the yeah. plot. <laughs> and just like the way Quenilith is described, I said I'm going to stop thirsting. I lied. I'm a <laughs> dirty, filthy liar. I mean, the way that she's described, uh, the way Becky describes her, now that she was closer, I knew it was her scent I'd smelled the night before. It had nothing to do with the candles. Quiet, dark, and licorice-like, like absinthe. A drink that, even when drinking, I'd never been brave enough to try. Like, that's just so hot. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're always throwing up, jumping out your window, breaking it, your iPad. <laughs> it, <you're>
1: throwing shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. I really love how attracted they are to each other.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
0: It's good. After taking the time to, like, unload all of this salmon, which the demons immediately pounce on, Becky, like, takes a second to, like, breathe and, like, leans up against the wall. And Quinella comes over, and she wants to hear about, like, the art on the floor. (laughs) Well, she says, I have an interest in art and possibly art dealers.
1: (laughs) She's so hot.
0: She is. And so Becky gives her a tour of the gallery and, like, takes the time to explain all of the art to her. And then Quenola says, Great, I'll take it all.
1: Flex in.
0: Yeah. I mean, you need that green highlight, Nicole, for gratuitous display of wealth. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Quen is also loaded. Does this count as a billionaire romance? Ooh. Is there so first lady billionaire?
1: How much money did Dee have? She was rich.
0: Not billions. She she was well off, but she was like not a millionaire.
1: I feel like she was at least a millionaire. Okay, maybe. But that's not a billionaire.
0: That is a difference.
1: I'm looking up Hasbro CEO salary. <laughs> Damn, $16.3 million. <laughs> All right,
0: look up the COO. She wasn't the CEO.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, $6.3 million. That's a oh, whole see, $10 million we- less. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's nuts.
0: Also, the entire time that Becky is leading Quenilth around the gallery, she's like nervous that she is going to like publicly shame her in some way for like having summoned her.
1: <laughs> and
0: she says maybe she was just biding her time waiting to publicly pants me. Even though I, <laughs> even though I had a skirt on. <laughs> it's so good. You can still pants someone in a skirt. Pantsing is the act, not, it doesn't matter if you're wearing pants or not.
1: Would it have a different name? Is there a a technical term for that? I'm looking it up. Can you get pantsed when when wearing a skirt? April 4th, 2017, on Quora. (laughs) Gerald Dupree says, by the literal meaning of, quote, pantsed, it means someone pulling down your pants. Pulling down your pants. (laughs) By that definition, one cannot be pantsed if they are not wearing pants. One can, however, have a skirt pulled down over the hips to expose whatever is underneath, especially if it has an elastic waist, such as with a pull-on skirt possibly a skater skirt or circle skirt. I think it would be considered a sexual assault and should be treated and prosecuted as one.
0: (laughs) I mean, not wrong.
1: But also, what are these fucking, like, essay answers where it's just like, (laughs) oh, I gotta hit the word minimum. (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) Anyway, that was... I don't know why I had to look that up, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. (laughs) Learned a lot today.
0: Anyway, so... Becky also says Quinn asked intelligent questions at the right time during this little tour and more than once pressed me to elaborate on something acting interested in what I had to say when I finished she gave me a considering look you seem to have given all of this a lot of thought I like thinking I said and shrugged lightly trying not to bask at her attention mood for real whenever a girl <sighs> says I'm smart I'm like oh thank you thanks <laughs> Thanks. do you want to pants me <laughs> <laughs>
1: Something that did kind of throw me off a little bit sometimes was just hopping back and forth between points of view. Yeah. uh, And also, like, time. Because we go from the art show to, like, a little bit before the art show in Quenelith's point of view, where she's in her home, which she hasn't been in in five years. It's essentially like a fucking tomb. And it's just, like, (laughs) a shrine to Shiloi's memory.
0: Yeah. So... I honestly, it probably wasn't, but it almost feels like that chapter was misplaced. Yeah. It feels like that should have gone before the previous chapter, like before Quen shows up in the human realm.
1: Oh, 100%. I feel like it should have gone like right after the whole thing with Hut, where he's just like, why do you want to go back there? And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got a thing for her. And then she goes to her place and then they do the gallery. Yeah. So it just kind of threw me off a little bit, but. Well, you end up. It is worth mentioning that she has her own place where she used to live in with Shiloy, who is not around anymore for yeah. some reason.
0: A little demon condo.
1: Yeah. My home was still exactly how I'd left it, pre-imprisonment, full of memories of Shiloy and I. Art commemorating battles we won, jewels that we had stolen, weapons we'd pulled off of enemies for trophies, everything she and I had spent so long acquiring, carefully arranged and put on display. And now everything was covered with dust here, except for me. I was the only thing still moving, the only one of us still alive. There had been so many moments trapped inside my summoning cage when I had regretted that fact. And if I could have gone back to give my life for hers, I would have in a heartbeat. Like, damn. Yeah. And then we get some more lore as far as like, you know, she has all this armor and shit. Like, why? Mm -hmm. A few decades ago, we'd finally revealed ourselves, proving to humans that it was the horrors of the other planes that they should fear, not us. We were actually on their side, something their leaders now realized at long last, at least the ones who we trusted enough to show the truth to. So, yeah, there's just, just this whole, like, ongoing war between, like, demons and humans and, like, versus other unspeakable horrors, I want to say. Fast forward, back to the art show.
0: Everyone knows Quinn. Oh, yeah. She spots Craylock and he's like, oh my god, are you out of prison? First of all, she takes off her coat, revealing that she was wearing suspenders underneath. She didn't need them. Her pants were tailored expertly, but the way they hung on her curves and then took an elastic dive off each breast. Mmm. Hot. <sighs> but yeah, everyone everyone knows Quinn, and everyone seems to really like Quinn.
1: Okay, so like we know Quinn's hot, and I get yeah. very hot vibes from Craylock. So like if the two of them I just want to like hit me up. <laughs> I'm free all week.
0: <laughs> so if any of our listeners want to go to our GoFundMe page for a $25,000 demon summoning kit.
1: we <laughs> greatly appreciated. I'd live tweet it for you. Well, I mean, assuming Twitter's still alive.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Who this knows? isn't coming out till the end of February.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, currently it is uh, November 20th, so we'll see what happens in a couple of months. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you know Logan likes Elon. Oh, no. <laughs> it's
0: true. <laughs> uh, uh, you know Logan spends all of his time on Schmedit, too.
1: Oh, oh, my God, he does.
0: He's on the Dogecoin subreddit, and he's like...
1: Uh, Sub Schmedit.
0: Sub Schmedit, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Pub Schmedit. <laughs> and and <laughs> it's not Dogecoin, it's Cod... Cajcoin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, stupid joke that went nowhere.
1: I didn't get that shmedit shmarma
0: <laughs> yeah. Ooh, schmeted shwarma.
1: Ooh. So it's just Becky and Quen, and they're talking, and Becky's like, "I never would have gone through with it if I thought we were going to get you," and referring to the whole summoning thing. Mm-hmm. And then she kisses her. Becky kisses Quen.
0: Yeah, after after the gallery. Yeah. Yeah, Becky kisses Quinn. Becky says that her fiancé was like, he said, demons don't count. And Quinn said, ah, and do you think that's true? And Becky says, I kind of hope so, and lunges in to kiss her. Ugh. Which, you know, hot. Hot. Even if we do prefer consent on this show. Yeah. Which the rest is very, the rest of this book is very consensual.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it because it's like, it's Becky who's doing it and she's the more reserved one.
0: Mm-hmm she's taking a risk
1: yeah so afterward she goes home feeling guilty as fuck and then she sees a canister on the table and it is a new delectably demonic trademark kit (laughs) so apparently logan called sexy demon customer service and was like yes hello you gave me a defective summoning kit Can I please get a new one? And they were like, oh my God, yes, sir, of course. And they like expedited him a new one.
0: (laughs) Apparently, it took hours of talking to people on the phone.
1: Let's just talk about that for like a half second because holy shit. Obviously, we knew that he wanted to do it, but for him to like go this far Mm -hmm. to do it, he was like, oh yeah, like I'll throw it out, babe, if you don't want to do it. Where it it gives me the vibe that even if she was like, I don't want to do this, he would have done it behind her back. Yeah. Cause that's essentially what he ends up doing yeah
0: he does because after this conversation this conversation is he's like well i got a new one let's do this like tomorrow or tonight or whatever and becky's like i don't want to do that you can do that yourself and there's like a 10 heartbeat silence then he's like really <laughs> which is like <laughs> <laughs> saying it now is almost up there with like the narrator telling vladimir that he can leave <laughs> <He's> like okay <laughs> She's like, yeah, you can do whatever. I don't want to hear about it. And he's like, wow, thanks, Beck.
1: <laughs> thanks, babe. you're the best. Okay. and then just something that's kind of brushed over here. but I did mention earlier on that Mrs. Grev has her fucking claws and everything all up in everyone's asses. So we talked about how Quen bought out the entire art show. She was like, put it on my card. And it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And theoretically, they say theoretically,
0: mm-hmm. Becky
1: works on commission. So fucking Mrs. Graf calls her son and she told him to pass along a message. She said to tell you she's putting the commission you made tonight towards the wedding. So this fucking bitch who's like fucking spearheading this entire wedding, like the wedding is not Becky's. It's. Kind of Logan's, but it's mostly, I forgot her name already. Bastiana. Bastiana. It's her shit. And then she has the audacity to take the money that Becky made and use it for that.
0: To steal from her. That is wage theft.
1: Yeah, that's fucked up.
0: And she can't do anything about it. No. Because if she does, it's basically going to blow up her life.
1: My hand tightened around the toothbrush like it was a club. That was thousands of dollars that Bastiana was stealing from me. But then she's like, but then again, I had been kissing someone, not her son, just 50 feet away from the gallery. And it's like, girl, still, they don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah. So she's also like kind of punishing herself or she's like, oh, I deserve this because I did something bad. Like, girl.
0: <sighs>
1: so the like next day or whatever, Gemma and Becky get lunch or coffee or something. They, they hang out. And Becky does talk about Quen, you know, she says, the woman we summoned that night wasn't like a normal demon. She wasn't bouncy or laughing like the ones you see on the pornos on the pornos. <laughs> she was angry and indescribably hot. And Gemma's like, I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And Becky tells her that she kissed Quen And Gemma's like, whoa, you know, but like, you know, she won't say anything. And she was like, what was it like? Becky's like kind of sort of cheating on my fiance or kissing a girl. And Gemma says the latter. I mean, did you at least like it? And Becky says, yeah. So it's like, girl, look at you.
0: Yeah, I think it's nice to see her like admit it. Yeah,
1: I really like that moment.
0: I appreciate that her friends at no point judge her for cheating on her fiance. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling that when Becky isn't there... They're both like, Logan sucks so much.
1: Oh, for sure. I feel like, I mean, with them being like, haha, like you're a child bride, I feel like it's kind of joking in the way we're just like, haha, like we don't like this, but we know you're going to do it anyway. But like, this is us making a joke to kind of show that we're like not happy about this whole thing, but yeah. we're not going to say anything out loud.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they're real friends. I love them. The Sebastiana invites <laughs> Becky. To this party that she's having at her house. She also invites Logan, but Becky calls or texts him and he's like, I'm caught in a work meeting. I can't go.
1: And he says, like, good luck or something.
0: Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, he understands his mom. Yep. Which is why he does not stand up to her ever.
1: Also, I almost feel like he wouldn't have the need to. Mm -hmm. Because she would just, like, be like, oh, my sweet baby boy. True, true. Like, here, do you want a gold plated ice cream cone?
0: Yeah, like he with Yuji. <laughs>
1: exactly, baby boy. He can get anything he wants. I only buy him organic food uh, because he won't eat anything else. <laughs> he's so bougie. If it has preservatives in it, he does not want it. I fucking want to fight him. <laughs> but he's my baby. What am I going to do? Not feed him? No. Yeah. Anyway. He's a good cat. So I am to Yuji. What? <laughs> what? I forgot her name fucking again.
0: <laughs> Bastiana.
1: Bastiana. My brain just does not want to remember it. Uh, I am to Yuji what Bastiana is to Logan. What a stupid name, Bastiana. Yeah. Like Bastiana Graf. They did such a good job at just choosing an incredibly pretentious sounding name.
0: Yeah, that's like a Hitman target name. To be honest. <laughs> like if you're playing Hitman World of Assassination, I would fully expect Diana in One Mission to be like, that? that is Bastiana Graf, world-famous art dealer and demon summoner. Good work,
1: 47. This should give her something to think about. Bastiana as a girl's name is of Greek origin, and the meaning of Bastiana is revered.
0: Do you also happen to be on TheBump.com? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's asking me, uh, choose your journey, baby, on the way. I'm a parent trying to conceive, or someone I love is Perganante. (laughs) None of these. Oh, I'm a parent.
0: You are a parent.
1: Oh. Okay, yeah, so the party. And who's there? But fucking Quenilyth. Oh my god, who could have seen this coming?
0: Etc. is, like, hanging off of her.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like... (laughs) i get it
0: <laughs> yeah me too i mean that's us too we're on either arm <laughs> it, yeah etc is like get, getting a piggyback ride from her <laughs> but she's got all eyes on becky it's
1: like and i'm just like hello pay attention to me instead
0: <laughs> also i i had a couple of mimis in a row here when she sees Quinn, my heart sank inside me like a lead balloon only to rebound off my vagina which i be- which had begun having very unfiance like thoughts I couldn't tell if she was pleased or not to see me. Nor was I entirely sure how I felt about seeing her, except for my vagina. My vagina was very, very sure, very clenchy.
1: <laughs> I get it. Quinn's hot.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very evocative. I mean, at least she's not feeling anger in her vagina. <laughs>
1: Oh, I haven't paid attention to whether or not I feel it in my vagine whenever I get angry.
0: Ah, you gotta give us an update.
1: In my vagania. (laughs) (laughs) Poon. (laughs) No. (laughs) Cursed. Um, Oh my gosh, and then, so like, they sit next to each other at the dinner table, and Quen does this, like, thing where she's, like, touching her under the table, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, ooh, okay, Quen.
0: It's really hot, to be honest. Oh, yeah. She starts off by, like, firmly planting her knee against Becky's knee. And Becky, like, tries to shove her back and eventually, like, pokes her in, th- in the <laughs> thigh with her finger, like, under the table. And first of all, she's like, oh, no, she's ripped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's like all muscle.
0: And then Quenolith puts all five of her fingers in a point on her knee and then slowly, like, blossoms them out. And oh. then she starts, like, rubbing up her thigh and actually does very briefly, like, feel her up, like, rub her a little bit on the pussy, on the poon. <laughs> and really good. So many layers to it. It's, like, the public element of it, which combines with the, like, we we, can, we might be caught kind of thing.
1: Combined with the fact that she is, like, having these feelings for someone who isn't her fiancé.
0: yeah. I never thought that the cheating element would be something that, like, I'm, I'm a little bit into.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, where it's so obvious that Logan sucks and that their relationship isn't good. Yeah. You know, but it's like, oh, it's fine. Like, there's no reason for them to be together. It's okay to <laughs> she's cheat. She's gay. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, demons don't count.
0: Yeah, demons don't count. That's, that's the important thing.
1: So technically, she's not doing anything wrong. Yeah.
0: I wanted her to stop because it was wrong, wrong, wrong. But I also desperately, desperately wanted her to keep going. Her fingertips found the edge of my dress and crooked beneath it, stroking along its inner edge from the outside of my thigh inward, following its tight line. When she reached where my legs pressed together, I gasped, then tried to cover with another cough before her fingers retreated to keep slowly caressing comparatively chastely over the satin of my skirt. And oh my God. <laughs> Craylock across the table is like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, oh, just, just wrong pipe.
1: I know he's hot. I know it. (laughs) I feel it in my soul and also in my (laughs) boon. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, God. So then, um...
1: Oh, my God. Things escalate even more. Things escalate. Oh, my God.
0: Gwen is like, do you want to go and show me where the garden is so I can go smoke? And Becky's like, Sure. I guess (laughs) and she goes out there and she's like you can't go touching people without permission and she says but kissing them on open streets is okay you'll have to tell me more about how this plane works and she also says etc thinks that you're into her (laughs) and Quinn's like no I'm not sorry (laughs) she says she's only into my money (laughs) which I don't think is completely true
1: I think it's both yeah Quindle, it's hot and rich. That's like two of the most important things someone can be.
0: It's true. And then Quinn backs her against a door. First of all, she says, I'm Quenalit the Conqueror and I get what I want.
1: I highlighted that so fast, so hard yeah. that I like poked my finger through my iPad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it borders on Mimi for me. I think I enjoy how much the opening of this book really plays on the like alpha male sweep you off your feet kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know except we get the alpha female
1: yeah and girl
0: girl balls yeah (laughs) that's that's what the alpha female is (laughs) and i mean that's kind of like the final point before she goes like full simp yeah so anyway she grabs becky's chin and she says may i and becky says yes and they kiss have a very good kiss very good Her tongue pressing into my mouth exploded what little remained of my self-control. I wound my arms up around her neck, feeling the halo of shorter fuzz at the back of her head, at the same time as her body ground against mine. She'd slid the hand beneath my chin to my throat to hold my mouth in place for hers, while the other roamed me wildly, sliding over my dress's slippery satin, caressing my waist and hips, breasts, and ass. Her head bent in, and she worked her lips against mine, her tongue taking my mouth in hot thrusts and swipes, and I... I melted. I knew it was wrong, even as it was happening. I was wearing Logan's ring, I was at his mother's house, and Quinleth was the kind of demon who counted. But that didn't stop me from grinding against her, nor permitting her thigh entrance when she nudged it between my legs, making my skirt ride up. I moaned softly as she made contact with me. Her leg was every bit as toned as I thought earlier when I jabbed her beneath the table. Her hands found my waist and ass and pulled, rubbing me on her, wanting this for me, and I bit back a high whine. So pure, she whispered roughly in my ear. So innocent, so scared. She said, kissing a spot beneath my jaw, her hot breath against my skin, so mine. She said in a growling tone that made me shiver. Real good.
1: So it's immediately followed up with, I was close so fast. I threw my arms around her neck, needing just to hang on. And then it like, I they lost me for a second. I highlighted this next bit as Mimi.
0: Give me your sweetness.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, human. Give me your sweetness. Give me all your caramel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it took me out for a sec. But then we get right back into the steamy. So they
0: never fully explain the caramel. I guess that is just what sex energy like feels like to demons.
1: It's like, it's weird because like later on, she ju- says something along the lines of i love that sticky and i'm like ew <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks i hate it
0: isn't that a term for heroin
1: oh my god is it
0: uh, urban dictionary <laughs> sticky urban dictionary defines sticky as
1: i feel like urban dictionary is one of those things where i'm just like oh my god who uses this and now that i'm old i'm like oh <laughs> i need it to keep up with the times
0: Ah, uh, yeah
1: Marijuana whose buds are lightly coated in a sticky natural resin. I don't think that's it.
0: Sticky slang heroin.
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, weird.
1: Hang on, let's look up heroin slang.
0: I didn't, I just looked that up. It's oh, not there. Oh, damn. But there is a whole alphabetical list of heroin slang terms.
1: Oh, there's a short one on AmericanAddictionCenters.org.
0: What's your favorite episode of 3LW, Billy?
1: I like the one where they
0: talk about heroin a lot.
1: (laughs) Why is Billy listening to this podcast?
0: (laughs) (sighs) Billy is actually 45.
1: Oh, oh. (laughs) Hi, Billy.
0: He's got a high voice. Don't judge him.
1: (laughs) Friend of the show, Billy.
0: Anyway, we might as well finish reading the scene. (laughs) I pressed my mouth to where her collarbone met her neck and moaned. As the first ripple of my orgasm thundered through me, I thrashed against her, silently ridden by the neck. Two waves, three, four, rocking and panting and holding my breath. Her hand wound in my hair and held me to her as she made soft but deep noises of satisfaction until the last of my shudders were through. And then she quietly released me. She was breathing every bit as hard as I was, but she didn't have a single hair out of place and her eyes had a tenderness in them that I prayed was for me alone. Go clean yourself up. I'll hold back the hounds.
1: I love thigh riding. I know I've mentioned this before, but like, oh, it's so good. And this was so good.
0: The scene does not overstay its welcome. It's like just long enough. Yeah. And it's like a nice early sex scene to like wet your whistle.
1: Oh, oh. To
0: wet your poon. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I like the one where they said poo in a lot.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Billy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she realizes Quen never actually took her coat when she went out to theoretically go smoke, which means that she only went out there to have an excuse to be alone with Becky, <gasps> which I find to be both hot and cute.
1: Yeah. Also, Bastiana invites Quenelith to Becky's bachelorette party.
0: Yeah, which at first I thought this was like a big thing. And it's like, okay, one more person at the bachelorette party won't matter. But yeah. then we find out it's like a very intimate little camping trip. With yeah. like just her, Gemma, and Kelsey. And it's like, what if they weren't fucking? Like, yeah. just this random person.
1: Yeah, seriously. Bastiana up at everyone's business. Get, yeah. get out. Okay, so after all that, Becky gets home, and she goes to, like, throw something in the trash or whatever, and she sees the canister from before.
0: The replacement summoning kit.
1: And so she opens it, and there are three used condoms in there. Couldn't be me. You draw dog a demon.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but also... (laughs) (laughs) Also, man, three times, and one something
1: oh. <laughs> that's that's a lot it's like how we went two very <laughs> different places there <laughs> uh. so yeah so here we here we learn either his work meeting hadn't gone very late or logan had lied and intentionally abandoned me at his mother's so he could bang one demon three times or three demons once each
0: it's a hell of a summoning kit if you can get three demons for the price of one.
1: That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, would that happen? Or would it just be, it would have to be one demon three times.
0: Yeah, we find out later it's one demon three times.
1: Yeah. But I'm just like, just like right now, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Maybe they felt really bad about his defective demon box. <laughs> and so they were like, here, three for one special. <laughs> oh, and then we get Logan's shmedit post.
0: Dear shmedit Okay, so my girlfriend, 23F, told me, 23M, first of all, girlfriend, I could use a demon summoning kit without her, as long as we never talked about it. Well, I took her at her word, and she did, and now she wants permission to use one solo, too. Only, that was never part of the original equation. If I'd ever thought she'd get the gumption up to use a summoning kit without me, I would have absolutely said no and never used mine in the first place. She feels like I'm being unfair, but I feel like she's trying to change the rules after the fact. Am I the asshole?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you are the asshole, Logan. We gotta talk, what are the rulings that we're giving on these Am I the Asshole posts? Oh. I think Becky's is not the asshole. Yeah. Bordering on no assholes here, to be honest. Logan's post here is definitely- Oh, you are the asshole? you are the asshole.
1: Yeah. Okay, so she ends it with, so I kind of feel like a jerk. I mean, I did say yes, and I don't want to let him down. Yeah, no asshole here. Yeah. For Logans, yes, he is the asshole.
0: Though, I feel like Reddit might still take his side.
1: Ugh. Well, this is Schmedit. Schmedit
0: though. Schmedet might not take his
1: side. I I even feel... It's
0: so back and forth for me, because Reddit does hate women. They just hate them.
1: (laughs) Don't we all?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But Reddit loves the perceived idea of fairness, (laughs) and this doesn't fall under your house here rules. Yeah. So... I do think Logan would get in a you're the asshole, but it would be rather close.
1: Okay. Ooh, I like that analysis.
0: This might get in everybody sucks here.
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So now we are in Quen's point of view. She realizes that Becky is her new Zenith.
0: Yeah. Right? Are we saying Zenith or Zenith? I don't know. They said that the humans layer took this word. Mm Mm-hmm and essentially means the same thing in the pronunciation pronun- pronunciation mm-hmm. pronunciation of that word is zenith.
1: Yeah, I was going back and forth between zenith and zenith. Yeah, same. I
0: I'm going to say zenith to be honest because it has the u in the demon's yeah. form z e n u t h. Yeah. To me that's zenith. Yeah. And humans like bastardized it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what my brain thinks too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll say Zenith.
0: So when she said that Becky was my new Zenith, I was like, oh my god, another faded mates story. <laughs> do not do this to me. <laughs> but I think it's more complicated than Faded Mates. I think it's just like, honestly, while I'm not going into Claudia's conjecture corner here, it feels like autistic click.
1: Okay. Where
0: like you you meet someone and you just know that they are about to be very important to you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met someone like that? You just like click with them right away?
1: No. My cat. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's like when you met your cat. <laughs> I feel I'm like I'm just like, I feel like far too skeptical <laughs> or cynical, <Senegal, Fair>. both.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I feel like it's not a we locked eyes and now we both feel the insatiable urge to fuck. Mm-hmm. It's more like this will still take work and she doesn't feel the same way inherently.
1: Yeah, especially because it's like, you know, any kind of like soulmate thing we've seen before. Like, I'm just going to think of like Monsters of River's Edge. It was very clear that it's like, this is my person. Whereas this is more of like, I think like, like a level, like a tier because. Yeah. Shiloi was also her Zenith.
0: Yeah. And I like that Shiloi is still her Zenith. Yes. She says that it feels like Shiloy sent Becky to her, mm-hmm. which is a very sweet sentiment, so to be sweet. honest. so sweet.
1: Yeah, I highlighted like, that.
0: It felt possible that Shiloi had somehow sent her to me from beyond. I closed my eyes, standing there, feeling racked by waves of grief and pleasure. If I believed in a meddlesome afterlife, well, it wouldn't have been the first time Shiloi had known exactly what I needed. And I knew too, Shiloi would have never wanted me to cut myself off from joy. Beautiful yeah like honestly the writing in this book is really fucking good
1: really good
0: like Cassie Alexander has a masterful uh, a, a masterful hand over the craft of of words it, uh, whatever I'm not um, a wordsmith <laughs>
1: apparently <laughs> she write word good <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Me joy book. Good poon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, God. <I'm> crying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God.
0: Do not let our laughter take away from the fact that she's a great writer, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh. yeah, I love this. And there are so many parts that I highlighted just because I'm like, oh, I really like the writing here. Yeah. It's great. She's great. It's
0: fantastic. Oh, yeah. And here, um, (laughs) Jorla the Hutt shows up and uh, (laughs) he's like, we know that you did magic on Earth because the first time that she and Becky kissed, she casts like an invisibility spell on them. She's like, big deal. And he's like, it's the trees, Gwen. Do you want to go back to jail? Oh." Jorleth starts, like, not really blackmailing her, but, like, guilt-tripping her. Yeah. Where he's like, I had your back in prison.
1: And also on the battlefield.
0: Yeah, on the battlefield. Yeah. But, like, I know that every night you went up there and you just either scared the people who summoned you or watched them jack off and, like, fuck their girlfriends.
1: (laughs) God, I wish that were me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) And I covered for your ass every time. He even says... I even went as far as giving that last night of yours an express replacement kit. And Quen is is immediately like, did they use it? And he says, oh, not that long ago. And she's like, was there a girl there? And he's
1: like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't watch that much. And she's trying to like Jimmy Neutron brain (laughs) (laughs) blast, like trying to figure out like, okay, like how long did they use it? Was it at a time where like she was with me or was she with him?
0: Yeah. And (laughs) so he's like, I don't know. Here's the name of the succubus who went up there. And do not kill her. Otherwise, you will go back to jail for life. (laughs) And she's like, whatever. I hope for both my sakes I will not have to. And do not be here when I return. Also, she tells Jorlaha that she thinks that Becky is her zenith. Yeah. And he's like, you're being stupid. She's a human. And she's like, no, I fucking feel it. And... He's like, ah, you spent too long in prison. Now you're all
1: fucked up. Thanks, Jorla Hut. Yeah. (laughs) It's the next morning, and Becky actually brings up the canister to Logan.
0: Mm, Yeah. Before she brings it up, she tries to, like, suss out if he'll say whether he used it or not. She says, how was your meeting? I felt as fragile as a house of cards. Even a mild breeze could have blown me down. Just the usual stupid Johnson picking up and getting us all stuck late again, which, like, Yeah, I bet Johnson did that. Yeah. (laughs) You, your demon, and your Johnson.
1: Saturday nights, distant lights. You, your girl, and your Johnson.
0: Stupid Johnson. That has to be intentional, right? Cassie Alexander could have picked any fake last name, and she said Johnson.
1: I feel like intentional on her part, not on Logan's. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's not smart enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So then Becky's like, I saw the kid in the trash. And he's like, oh, well, sorry, I was trying to keep everything clean. And she says, thanks for wrapping up, I guess. Did you have fun? And it's like so much about that sentence. We're like, if I were Logan, I have better relationships than Logan does. But if I were in Logan's position, I would be like, this is a trap. Do not say anything. Yeah, right. How could you not feel bad?
1: He's a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah. And he like stops and he's like, are you sure you want to know? She says yes, and he says, well, Bex, I mean, I'm a red blooded male, and demons don't count, like we promised. So yeah, it was a good time. Like, uh. And then Becky's like, well, what would you say if I got one, if I did that alone? He pauses, and he's like, well, we both know you wouldn't. Which is such, like, a power play.
1: Yeah. He is the asshole.
0: He is the asshole. And it only proves that Am I the Asshole posts... Everyone is trying to make themselves sound as good as possible, and the situation is almost always worse than it sounds when they write it. So when there's a post that makes them sound really bad, just know it was ten times worse in real life. Oof. He says, no, I wouldn't want you to do that. But not because of principles, but because you don't have one, Becky. I love you, but you don't have $25,000 to your name. And she says, I have credit cards, and that's kind of a double standard, don't you think? Like, yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, he's such an asshole.
0: Yeah, this is, like, one of two Logan scenes where I'm like, he's being a real dick. Yeah. For no reason. Well, for understandable reasons, to be honest.
1: Well, yeah, but it's just like, bruh, really? Yeah,
0: this was so preventable.
1: 100%.
0: And, like, the fact that he says, like, we both know you wouldn't, you can just keep that in your brain, man.
1: Exactly!
0: Exactly! You can just say, yeah, sure, and just be like, she's not going to do it, and then just rest on your laurels. Yeah. While she's off actually fucking a demon. <laughs> Having fucked a demon already. Isn't it cute that they were both cheating on each other with demons on the same night? No, of yeah. course, his doesn't count.
1: Oh, yeah, de- demons don't count.
0: Demons don't count, except for Quinn.
1: God, I love Gwen. Uh
0: <laughs> I also love that the next scene, she's at the coffee shop with Kelsey and Gemma, and she describes it as... She was in confessional at the coffee shop, which is very good.
1: I really like that. But yeah, so she tells them what's going on, what's happened. And I really do like that, Kelsey says. And if you decide you have to blow your life apart, I'll send my cleaners over to collect the pieces and we'll reassemble you. Yeah. Good friends. I
0: also love that Gemma says, what we're all thinking. Becky, that's like bad of you, but also fucking hot.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Someone had to say it.
0: Gemma is so queer. For sure. She She's probably bi, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, get, I get those vibes. Yeah,
0: I think that Kelsey is the token straight friend.
1: Yeah, I get those vibes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Gemma was the one who asked. She was like, oh, like, did you like it as far as, like, kissing a girl? Yeah. She knows.
0: <laughs> she was also giving her tips on sex with a girl <laughs> at the beginning of the book before the first demon summoning. She's like, they like when you sit on their face. <laughs> Kelsey tries to, like vaguely talk her out of this she's like maybe don't blow up your life and then they both assure her that like whatever choice you make like we're gonna be behind you
1: yeah kelsey just being practical just being yeah. like are you sure you want to do this
0: somebody has to be that person in the friend group otherwise the group goes insane
1: <laughs> just a bunch of enablers <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> oh and kelsey is even the one who says if you if you decide you have yeah. to blow your life apart yeah
1: yeah So it's like she, you know, she comes around.
0: She'll be the voice of reason, but she also knows, like, whose corner she's in.
1: Yeah, good friend.
0: Yeah, they have a little uh, coffee date.
1: The coffee date, and they're like, we should just be friends. Um, Because Becky is trying to be, like, practical. And she says, you know, like, I have a fiancé. I have this whole life, and, like, there is an attraction here, but, like, I shouldn't be acting on it. She's like, maybe if we'd met at, like, a different time um, but for right now all we can do is be friends
0: yeah I nodded slowly I hear you I said but on the inside I seethed how dare the universe present my zenith to me and then take her away before I had the chance to make her mine it felt like some cruel new form of punishment even worse than being caged in summoning blocks it's like so sad <laughs> but real, Quinn is like she will take anything she can get yeah she says as much I was feared on many planes, I was the last thing untold monsters had seen before they died, and yet here I was, lapping for any attention I could get. Yes, I could have killed her fiancé and his mother, or otherwise navigated their social ruin to free her, but I could tell my zenith was like a budding flower. If I plucked her too roughly, she would bruise, and if I plucked her too quickly, she wouldn't bloom at all. So if a friend was what she needed, then a friend was what I would give her, even as perhaps it killed
1: me. Like, ugh, oh, so good. Also- yeah just like so well written Cassie Alexander's a great writer
0: I also appreciate that neither of them are trying to deny that they want this yeah like it's not it's not the don't worry about it, dude with uh Dale um not Dale where are the other lesbians Austin and D yeah. <laughs> where they're like we're just gonna be friends there there can't be anything between us just don't think about how attracted you are to <laughs> me but this is like Quinn almost seems like almost willing to let her go yeah like for now that's pretty romantic to me
1: oh absolutely i really like the whole like kind of pining thing where it's just like i want to be in your life but like in whatever capacity you will allow that to be yeah it's just like oh like something about that it gets my heart
0: she is still invited to her bachelorette don't worry mm-hmm <laughs> as long as she wants to come. She gives her Gemma's phone number. If you get a text from a strange number talking about a party, that's her. She's my best friend. Good. I said glad to be included and glad that she had more friends. The more people that watered her with love, the better. It's a cute little scene.
1: Yeah, we skip ahead to the bachelorette party, which yeah, isn't really a party. It's just camping.
0: Yeah, it's just the girls camping in the woods.
1: Yeah, and there's a cute moment where um, Quinn mentions looking up camping customs. So she prepared a list of 10 frightening stories to share. Very cute.
0: It's so cute.
1: They go to make s'mores, but it's a little windy. And Quinn reveals that she has a fucking wings and like just opens one up to shield the fire from like the wind so they can start a fire.
0: Yeah, and Becky gets so wet over this. Oh,
1: my God. She's like,
0: I did not know demons had wings. And... It's so hot.
1: <laughs> it's so hot. Like She only uses uh, brings out one wing. If I thought she was beautiful before, somehow the addition of one bat-like wing extended made her more so. It was slightly longer than her arms would have stretched. And you know how sometimes you see a form and you just know it's balanced, like Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, only in person, where the perfection of it just stuns you all at once? Seeing her wings was like that. I wanted to touch it. I wanted to run my fingers against its leather. I wanted to stroke the place where it sank into her skin. And more than anything else, I wanted to know how that would make her feel. Ugh. So good.
0: Also, Quinn likes s'mores.
1: And yeah. <laughs> I like the little things that they're just like, oh, we don't have this in demon world. Yeah. Like, just a couple of really nice things you can only find on Earth, like sushi and s'mores. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that night, they start like, getting ready for bed, and Kelsey and Gemma go into their tents, leaving Becky and Quinn alone. First of all, even if Gemma and Kelsey hadn't coordinated leaving Quinn and I alone together, I knew they'd done it on accidentally on purpose via the powers of long-term friend telepathy. I have a note here that says, ask Nicole. Nicole, do you feel that there's long-term friend telepathy?
1: I wouldn't call it telepathy, but it's just like, (laughs) I know you well enough to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think if one of us got these vibes with someone the other was, like, clearly attracted to and I'd already, already, come on.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we would do this.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Quen tells her little bedtime story. I'm going to read it word for word, if you don't mind. Yeah. Once upon a time, because I hear that is how your kind starts stories. There was a woman who loved another woman with her entire heart and mind. They fought together across the plains, back to back, arms almost linked sometimes. They trusted one another utterly. She told me about three battles in particular where the woman had fought against dire, dire odds, and the entire time my heart was clenched. I kept waiting for the inevitable part where one of them made a misstep, or one of them died, or got trapped in a chasm of eternity by one of the cave troll things that sounded like they were fighting. Because the longer the story went on, the more certain I felt it couldn't have a happy ending. Then they were both released from their commissions, and they chose to live in peace. She slowed in her telling. I could feel that this story was costing her. Here, on Earth, to eat salmon and explore its gentle beauty for the rest of their long lives. She paused. And then what? I whispered. She didn't answer me for ten heartbeats. Twenty. Fifty. And then that didn't happen, she said, so softly I could barely hear. It's just the saddest. And... Then Becky reaches a hand out towards her. She was in pain, I knew it, and the thought of her hurting was unbearable. Without looking over, she placed her hand on top of mine, pressing it gently into the ground. I flipped my hand over instantly so that our fingers could twine, and I could be there for her. She took it for the kindness that I was, holding my hand back and stroking her thumb softly against my wrist and palm. I didn't know how long we stayed like that, only that I didn't want to be the one to pull away first. And then Quen says, "'Go to sleep. I'm gonna watch the fire.'" (sighs) yeah what do you think that scene nicole
1: i thought it was so fucking heartbreaking but also just like so touching that she's like Mm -hmm. opening up to her yeah love it
0: she wants to let her in a little bit and tell her about like the last love that she had Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want to fully go into it yeah when she gets home she walks in i unlocked our apartment door and called out to let logan know i was home he didn't answer. I assumed he was gone. I hitched my bag up, aiming for the laundry room, and a shower wouldn't hurt to get to the ground-sleeping kinks out of my neck, but I slipped on something on my way there. I caught myself, then looked down, slowly kneeling to inspect where it almost tripped me. Salt. I drummed my fingers once, twice on the ground beside it, thinking, old salt or new salt? Because while I only had access to credit cards, Logan actually had his dearly departed daddy's bank account, and could order up a case of summoning kids directly. Then Logan comes home, and she doesn't ask him about it. She says she's going to shower, and he's like, Oh, you want some company? Want some company, he asked, with the kind of light leer that used to turn me on, the kind of look that said he knew things I didn't. Maybe that was still true now. But maybe I didn't want to know them anymore. Nah, I'm too exhausted, really. There were so many crickets out there, they kept me up all night. He laughed. City girl, You know it, I said, leaning up to peck his cheek, even as salt ground beneath my shoe. And it's like that bit in particular hits so good.
1: Yeah. Just, mwah, chef's kiss.
0: Another instance of like really nice writing.
1: Yeah. So Becky and Quinn are like talking and we mentioned it earlier, but Becky goes into like her her backstory about her parents dying and everything. So it's mm-hmm. also a nice moment of them opening up to each other.
0: Yeah. She says that she loves the paintings in the museum that they're visiting at that moment in particular. It's a place that's like really special to her. And she actually like breaks down crying about it.
1: And
0: she feels like she's finally letting like some of this out. It's just a really sweet little moment.
1: So Logan then goes away for his bachelor party which is going to be in vegas so again two very i mean two very different bachelor slash bachelorette yeah. party situations here and so fucking i forgot her fucking name again bastiana bastiana and becky are talking and bastiana's like oh lord only knows what he's getting up to this evening you'll have to learn to be tolerant of the Grafmens foibles marrying into our line
0: I actually really like this little conversation though because mm-hmm. it's like the first real instance of Bastiana trying, mm-hmm. as far as we know. I mean, I'm I'm like reaching for for crumbs <laughs> here, but like Becky says, I think I can manage. And Bastiana says, "Ha, that's why I thought too. His father didn't sell down until I'd given him Logan. Seem seemed to wake him right up. That's why I recommend. And it's better to have them young; easier to regain your figure." I know you're alone this evening, dear, she went on. Would you like to come over to my place for a nightcap? And then I could give you more life advice. (laughs) First of all, Becky's like, oh, no, she doesn't know I have a drinking problem. I can't do that.
1: (laughs) Also, she has plans.
0: Yeah, she does actually have plans. But I, I kind of like that because you get this like tiny peek into Bastiana. Yeah. Where it's like, I think that Bastiana and Becky are two sides of the same coin. Mm hmm. Where Bastiana is what Becky could have been if Becky had gone with the plan, capital T, capital P, where she just kind of let everyone around her guide her life into like what it should be. yeah, you know, where it's clear that Bastiana married into this family and had Logan basically because she seems like she should have mm-hmm, she seems to have some type of like, to me, a little regret.
1: You know, the vibe I got from this Mm. Bojack Horseman, Beatrice speaking to Henrietta. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe I got.
0: It's just like a little bit. And I appreciate that she's not just like an inhuman monster. Yeah. Not to be confused with the many inhuman monsters in this book, but the hot ones. (laughs) Yeah, the hot not not a hot one. (laughs) (laughs) Becky's plans for the night are that she's having a secret gallery opening essentially where she has this friend who's like this up-and-coming indie artist kyle is it kyle
1: k-i-a-l kyle oh
0: i I was kind of saying like Kyol kale (laughs) kyle makes a lot of sense like (laughs) dial but with the k (laughs)
1: Oh, I think it's Kyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to me. First of all, Kyle is non-binary. Yes. Another queer friend that Becky has. Don't Yay. worry, she's straight. Um, and Kyle's a it.
1: drag king.
0: Yeah, Kyle's a drag king, which is interesting. She is displaying their art specifically this night and trying to like drum up a little bit of like public interest for them. And lo and behold, Quen actually shows up and Quen brings a bunch of demons who have money. And something like three pounds of salmon per demon. Yeah. The gallery actually goes like really well. And then Becky's like, I should call Logan and tell him because these demons are here, word is almost certainly going to get out that this happened. <laughs> and I need to tell Logan that he's going to be getting an angry call from his mother tomorrow. She calls him, and first of all, he is like piss drunk. <laughs> Then he picked up sounding sloppy. Oh my god, Bex, he shouted into the phone as I pulled it away from my ear. I'm having such a good time, babe, I love you so much. Which is cute. She says, like, if your mom calls tomorrow, tell her everything's fine. And he's like, Okay, bye. But then he doesn't hang up the phone because he's drunk. And she hears him talking to his friends. Things were quieter now. Perhaps they were in a car. I inhaled to shout at him that his phone was still on, and I could hear him when I heard one of his friends asking him a muffled question. "'Oh, no, man, you should have seen her,' he exclaimed, and I paused, frozen. She was so hot. My thumbs stopped pre-swipe. Who was? The demoness he'd slept with twice now, maybe? "'Yeah, no, she was so into it. She was all over the other girl,' he said, and chuckled roughly. "'There's nothing like watching your fiancé eat another girl out, even if that girl is green.'" I counted out five heartbeats as I heard his friends cheer. And then I came to my senses and hung up the line. It didn't matter how good or bad I'd been all along because Logan was in Vegas making up lies about me regardless.
1: Something I just want to point out is this, like I thought it was like very weird that he always refers to her as his girlfriend. And then only when he's yeah. like fetishizing it, does he refer to her as his fiance. That
0: is not something I thought about, but definitely true. he's gross (laughs) he he is gross this is the other time where he is just a dick for no reason yeah just showing his showing his true colors his Mm -hmm. potential so Gemma comes in she's like you coming back to the party and she's like okay Gemma here are the keys lock up when you're done tell Kyle I love them if the credit card reader doesn't work and anyone's serious about buying something get their contact info and I will bill them tomorrow I'm going home And on the way out, she takes a bottle of champagne. It is rough to see, to be honest.
1: It really is. And so like, just the thoughts that she has, like, fuck not drinking, fuck Logan, fuck my life, and most importantly, fuck being good. Because she's been doing everything, trying to fucking please him and his mother, and like, feeling so shitty about her interactions with quen when what logan's doing is like just as bad if not worse yeah and so she was basically thinking like why am i trying so hard and why am i feeling so fucking guilty and you know trying to be this person that they want me to be only for it to not be good enough anyway and for then like logan to be like oh yeah, she did this. So it doesn't even matter what she does or doesn't do because Logan's communicating something else entirely. Yeah. So it's like, what is the point?
0: It's hard. And she says, it didn't matter how hard I tried or how good I pretended to be or whatever the fuck plans I made to escape myself. I would always be the same me underneath the girl I was now who was anxious and scared and who used alcohol like putty to fill in all her cracks. She drinks a lot. She drinks the entire bottle of champagne.
1: Which oof, hangover city. All yeah. that sugar, all those bubbles.
0: And then she drinks a lot of vodka on top of it. Ugh. which I have done wine and then liquor. It does not taste good. It's a bad time. Oh. Then the doorbell rings and Gwen is there. Does she break down the door?
1: I think she uses magic to use to open the door. Oh yeah, she
0: she magically picks the lock. Mhm. <laughs> and Quen comes in, she's like, what the fuck happened to you? And Becky says, nothing. This is me. Quen is obviously, like, very sad and disappointed. She says, Becky. Yep, I went on, gleefully torching everything I could. This, I said, gesturing at myself, is the girl you are into. This is who I fucking am, so congrats, really, on getting out. Quen kneels down next to her, and she says, this is not you, Becky. It may be part of you, yes, but it doesn't have to define you. And Becky says, Quentin, you don't even know me. Quentin says, I know enough. And she teleports her to uh, the demon realm. We need to come up with a nickname for this. I think that we should name it after just a miserable place to be. Something like New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that I'm from New Jersey.
1: (laughs) So they go to New Jersey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She whisks her way to New Jersey.
1: Jersey devil. Devils are like demons.
0: Becky has already passed out.
1: Oh, and then we get the the Shiloi
0: story. Where do you think this ranks on sad backstories?
1: Um, I feel like it's pretty high up there. Yeah. And there's like a couple of reasons behind that. So before I get into it, here's like the full story. Despite all the pieces of armor and weaponry on my walls, demons were not invincible creatures. We did die, and we could be killed, which was something I knew, of course, coming from a century's worth of battles, and from the night I lost Shiloy. We'd been up in the woods outside the city, not far from where Becky's group had camped, looking at a home on Earth where we could rest together, enjoy each other's company, eat sushi every Sunday for all the remaining weeks of our lives. But on our way back from that, our car had been hit by a massive personal vehicle, the kind men seemed fond of there. There'd been no way for me to avoid the impact. The truck didn't even try to stop. It shoved us off the road so hard it rolled up the side of our car, sending spinning wheels through her window, crushing her door and side of the car in. Shiloi shrieked. My vision was obscured by smoke from burning rubber and underneath that bitterness I could scent her blood. I used every spell I could, but I wasn't fast enough or strong enough or the initial damage had just been too much. Shiloi died in my arms an- that night and a part of me, I thought, died with her. A part of my life I would never get back. So after that, she like climbs out of the wreckage and finds the other driver who's like bleeding out, just like thrown over the steering wheel, foot still on the gas, on the floor at his feet, just like a ton of empties. So he was drunk driving Mm -hmm. and then she fucking disemboweled him.
0: Yeah. Was he hurt? Yes. Might he have survived? No one would ever know because I disemboweled him. I wanted him to scream like my Shilohi. I wanted to see him lose just as much blood. By the time more of my kind arrived, portaling in in the darkness to stop me, it was too late for him. He was a shredded mess, his own guts quivering atop the aluminum cans and glass bottles strewn inside the car. The demons who found me convened a quick court. I'd obviously broken the treaty, but there were extenuating circumstances and the human himself had been drunk. So in their infinite wisdom, my people decided to hide my crime for me and throw me in summoning cages to be at humanity's beck and call, expressly forbidden to harm any that I served. They thought that that would be punishment enough, but they were wrong, because I felt far more punished here now, knowing that my zenith had so easily turned to drinking when all she had to do was call me.
1: So, that is like so sad for so many reasons, because I mean, Mm -hmm. one, just like, a tragic way to go. Mm -hmm. Two, because of, you know, the fact that Becky is drinking and... I mean, the both of them, even though Becky's the one drinking, have very strong feelings against it. Mm-hmm. And then also, just like Sheloy and Quen were like warriors and they mm-hmm. went through so much. They have like fucking armor and trophies of like their conquest and like all this stuff. And like this mighty warrior was taken down by a drunk driver.
0: Yeah. It's honestly, like, some, some like, horrible poetic shit.
1: Yeah. Like, Jesus Like, something so, like... Mundane. Yeah. And, like, you would only see that in, like, the human world, too. Yeah. And it's just, like, God.
0: It's just tragic. This it's, is among yeah. the most tragic of backstories. Yeah. Because it's, like, something about the randomness of it, like, really hits. It wasn't, like, a personal thing. It was yeah. an accident of... Tragic, fatal accident, and like that's it. I mean, the only thing worse would be to find out that Quen's brother was also fucking his wife, and that (laughs) her mother, her mother arranged the whole thing because
1: he was the heir
0: to the throne.
1: That like still is the most tragic backstory. (laughs) It's it's so fucked up. Just so fucking bananas out there.
0: something about it it's like this one makes me want to cry and the other one just makes me want to go like are you okay like (laughs) what happened it's just so
1: bizarre
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) the danny collins appreciators logged on
1: i don't think has there been a single episode where we haven't mentioned her
0: did we mention her in makeup test
1: i feel like we had to have.
0: probably yeah (laughs) so no (laughs) Also, once again, I got to come back to the punishment very much not fitting the crime here. It's like, oh, you killed somebody because your wife was accidentally murdered by them. Uh, once again, you are now going to be raped repeatedly for five years. Oh. It's not enough that her wife is dead.
1: They're demons. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they view it differently. Maybe.
0: It's fucked up to me, though. Maybe
1: because it's like, okay, oh, now, now I'm thinking about it. Because, like, sex magic is like a, th- or sex energy is a thing. It's essentially mm-hmm. like, it's like sending someone to work at a power plant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But, like, the demons fuck. Like, we, we are about to learn this very much.
1: <laughs> it's, like, different,
0: though. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
1: I don't know. I'm just doing that so I don't feel gross about I it. I I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like going to work at a power plant nuclear okay.
0: plant. They're like Homer Simpson. It's honestly, like, a much more quiet version of Under Under a Falling Star, where it's like, her friend was raped, by the way. But it's just <laughs> like, it's like a don't think about it kind of yeah. thing for me. Anyway. But yeah, real sad. Real sad for Quenelith. And Quen immediately kind of like, blames herself a little bit, where she's like, how could I not know this about Becky? She's like, there was no real sign, apart from Gemma being like, hey, don't bring alcohol to the Bachelorette party. I pushed back a lock of Becky's hair away from her face. For all of that she'd fallen tonight, I didn't think she wanted to be like this. She had been trying. Something had done this to her. And if someone had hurt her, oh how I would hurt them back. It's like, girl, chill. Yeah I know, I know. You need to think about your actions for two seconds before you you wind up in the cages again. <laughs>
1: Think Of the consequences. Yeah. What will you learn? <laughs>
0: uh, that's really, that's quite a life thing.
1: You freaking fricks! What will you learn? What will you learn? That your actions have
0: consequences!
1: <laughs> it's never gonna not be funny. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. The <laughs> classic. So it's the next morning and Becky confides in Quen. She's like, you know, I've been trying so hard in the end. Whatever she did was never good enough. And Quen says, you don't have to change or try to please me, Becky. I not only want you, I want you as you are. Tears I was ashamed of sprang to my eyes. I'm not special, Quen. She tilted her head, letting her hair hang freely. Why would you believe that when you could believe me? Because, I repeated back to her, believing you is scary then I shall believe for the both of us. So fucking dreamy.
0: It's so good.
1: And then she's like, may I kiss you, Becky? Yes, I breathe. Please. And then we get the sex scene. The sex
0: scene. It's like eight pages long. It's, it's really like, it's a good length. It does not overstay its welcome. It does not understay its welcome. It has great detail. It has great passion. And there's monster shit involved.
1: I am going to say it. I'm making this declaration. This is my favorite sex scene we have read on the show thus far.
0: Honestly, I think it's mine too.
1: It's so good! Maybe
0: it's just because it's the most recent thing I've read. and I've read, But I've, I've read it like five times in the last two days. I,
1: oh my... I I like want to share this with the world i'm like literally just waiting for us to stop recording so i can just tell everybody in like my fandom server and be like oh hello
0: it's really good it's hot it's passionate it's romantic it's it's got a couple of memes in there which always it doesn't take me out of the moment fully it makes it better in a way
1: it's just really good and and it's got character shit in it Yes. What episode is this going to be? What number?
0: This is episode 17.
1: Okay, so that's saying a lot. We 17 books Yeah. that we've done for the show, and this is my favorite thus far. Yeah. That's saying something. And then just shit I read on my own in my spare time. This is one of, if not my favorite sex scene of all time. Yeah. Now that I think about it, which is crazy to say.
0: Yeah. And like, we have had really good straight sex scenes we have Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid to admit that yeah (laughs) very how dare you (laughs) um most notably uh sea dragon
1: oh god yeah
0: (laughs) but i will say that four of the five books that we've like said this is like among our favorite sex scenes that we've read were queer and three of those were lesbian
1: sapphics get it done (laughs) exactly
0: my like top five in no particular order are this book, Love Me Whole, Under a Falling Star, Eight Kinky Nights, and Wildfire Sea Dragon. Yeah. And it's like, that is a very skewed list, maybe because I'm a lesbian. But like, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's well, I'm nothing bi. like this in a way. Yeah. And
1: like, and like our rankings are are like the same. Like, I would also put those in my top five. Yeah. With like Nanny and the Beast, I think, like just kind of yeah, hovering that, right below. that is an
0: honorable mention. Yeah. When you're writing a romance book, and especially when you're writing like a monster romance book, obviously the fucking needs to play like a, a key role in some degree, right? But I really feel like Cassie Alexander made an effort to make this sex scene count in character development. Mm-hmm. Because this is the point where Becky stops letting other people control her life and like takes actions into her own hands.
1: And does something that she wants to do.
0: And does something that she was afraid to do.
1: Does someone. to someone. That she was afraid to do and wanted to do.
0: It's good. I really deeply enjoyed so much of this sex scene. Let's get into it.
1: We can honestly do a whole like two hour long episode on this scene alone. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And there's so much. So let me not read the whole thing because I would.
0: (laughs) So first of all, they start making out and Becky says, She's, like, being, being felt up by Quen, and she says, I whined, giving myself over as her hand slid up above my bra and cut my breast. I'd been strong for so long, I wanted her to conquer me, which is also a little meany. I think it's cute <laughs> and funny. And then I blinked back into my body, fighting through a cloud of endorphins, hyper-aware of everywhere we'd touched, and how she was doing all of the touching. For all my plans, I'd always let someone else be in charge of things mostly, and when I didn't, I had alcohol for an excuse. But I didn't want to look back at this and feel just like Quen was doing things to me. No, I wanted to do things to her, needed to more like. (laughs) First of all, she gives Quen a minor heart attack because she's like, no, not like this. (laughs) There was anguish in her eyes, though, at the thought of being separated. And just like when we were camping, I couldn't let her hurt alone for long. I put a hand up to hold her face. It's my turn, I said and meant it. Quinn says, you don't have to prove anything to me, Becky. And she says, no, I want to.
1: Okay, this scene is just so good for so many reasons. And Becky being the one to, like, take charge at first really does it for me. Because she even says, she says, I don't actually know what I'm doing. Quinn says, I can teach you. And, like, instructs her on what to do. But it's, like, very similar to Dell and Syrah in the sense that Syrah didn't know what she was doing. But she still wanted to, like take charge and like she wanted to be the one to like please her partner same thing here where becky is the inexperienced one in this case but she's just like i want to do this yeah i don't know what i'm doing but i want to do it
0: can we also say how quen drops the word zenith just like casually in here zenith she whispered in a sigh some word of relaxation or pleasure in her mother tongue like I love the dramatic irony, the fun dramatic irony, where it's like, yeah, like, oh, you don't know that she's saying how much she loves you. Ah. The idea of her essentially accidentally blurting out like, I love you during this. Yeah, is so cute and so romantic.
1: It's so hot. Also. And so hot yeah, <laughs> it's it's everything.
0: And also like before she like really gets to like actually fucking her, she like asked for consent to like take off her underwear and quen says do not do this if you're only doing it to get back at him and becky says i'm not wow. she eats quen out honestly one of my favorite parts of the sex scene that's not really the sex she like kisses quen's clip. i swallowed and leaned forward closing my eyes and trusting in myself my lips found the slight salt of her fingers as my tongue pressed the softer flesh nestled in between the second i did so she gave a rich sigh that was all that was what i might have been afraid of 30 minutes or a lifetime ago kissing her someplace I already knew on myself to feel good. I brought my hands in to spread her thighs wider to make more room for my face. And she chuckled at this new aggression in me as I worked my lips against her. It's really good.
1: Also, just I love the level of detail that there is in Mm -hmm. the scene, too. I mean, like something that I really liked. She wasn't actually caramel, just like I knew I wasn't either. But her taste was all her, something I'd never had before, something I could hardly understand. And yet I knew I'd always crave. Yeah. Again, reminding us that she is an experience is something new for her. I mean, like not just like on the demon level, but also Mm -hmm. like on a woman level. And so I just like love all of this. I love how like into her brain, into Becky's brain we get. Yeah. Where she's like where she is experiencing something new for the very first time. This is like how she's feeling as we're going through the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And it's something that is like so exciting to her. Yeah. Something she in this moment realizes that she loves and clearly has wanted to do for a while but was scared of. Yeah. Her body shuddered, her hips rolled, and I knew she was close, so close, because of me. Yes. This wasn't in any of my plans, ever. How could it have been? But now that I was here, there was no place else I'd rather be. I wanted her sweetness, her caramel, her licorice. I whined into her pussy, begging her to come for me. I kept sucking. I wanted all of it. I wanted her. No words. (sighs) Oh, and then after after she comes, Quen, like, unfurls her wings. And she's like, do I scare you? And Becky's like, no.
1: <laughs> monster fucker, monster fucker queen, love her.
0: Yeah, and Quen rips her skirt off, like literally tears the fabric.
1: Wow, chef's kiss. And so yeah, like Quen's taken. Oh, we get to, it's the next chapter, but we're still going. Quen um, <laughs> is like you know like kissing her neck and shit, and like you know just basically touching her everywhere, but where she wants to be touched, her poon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> At the same time, though, the longer she took, the more I desperately wanted her to reach between my legs, haul her hand up and come hard, putting my pussy out of its aching misery.
1: (laughs) Oh, and oh, God, this 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 shit gets me all the time.
0: so wet from pleasing (laughs) me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Say it, Nicole. Oh, God, it's so good. So wet from pleasing me, she said. Breathing across the kiss her lips had left and my whole body shivered. Then her fingers were there, pushing in, and I whined as my hands tightened, one on her free wrist that I had grabbed, the other winding in her sheet. Oh, Zenith, she whispered, kissing beneath my breast as she began to rub me deep inside. I'm going to throw myself out the window.
0: And once again, more character shit. She licked a line across my stomach, and I heard the smacking wetness where we met, grunting when her hand landed again. Some other Becky would have been embarrassed by that. Old Becky, the one that had spent her whole life desperate for connection, willing to bend herself into any shape. Even uncomfortable ones that didn't fit, making herself small and less sharp, or pretending to be less fragile than she was. Whatever it took, as long as it meant other people would stay, she would have been horrified to ever sound like she wanted something this badly. But the Becky I was now had lost her shame, as Quenelith's hand thudded into me again. This was me. All me. Oh, and Quen promises she will make Becky make sounds no man has ever heard from her. Which, also, really hot.
1: I loved that line. It's so good.
0: That was a popular highlight, too. Oh, and then she uh, reveals her tail. Oh, God. Because we do find out that the place where her wings come out of her back is a very sexy spot for Quentin.
1: For Hell yeah.
0: And then she's like, all right, tail.
1: <laughs> okay, so the tail came out, right? Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you haven't listened to it, listen to Monsters of River's Edge, because I'm going to be making a reference now. Okay, in Monsters of River's Edge, mm-hmm. Syra whipped her tail out and Dell was like riding her tail. So I assumed <laughs> it was going to be something similar. To my surprise, we got full on penetration with the tail.
0: Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite part of it? Yes. Where she goes down to like eat her out while fucking her with her tail. And she's, like, too low to have actual leverage on her tail with her tail muscles, so she physically grabs her tail and fucks her with it, like, <sighs> with, using her hands.
1: Oh my god. Like,
0: something about that is, like, so, so hot.
1: I feel like—oh, I don't even know— because it's one thing if, the, okay, the tail goes on its own, but something about using her hands to do it feels more mm-hmm. deliberate in a sense. I don't know. Just like, like yeah. this is what is happening right now. Yeah. More purposeful, I think.
0: Determined. Yeah. So good. <sighs> so good. And then the other favorite part where she says, let me give you another inch, Becky. I whispered, <sighs> kissing her inner thigh with light teeth, listening to her moan. You're a good girl. You can take it. I know you can. She moaned again, and even though I wasn't doing anything, I knew my words struck an inner chord, so I kept going. Let me make you feel good, my zenith. I purred, before giving her clit a begging kiss. I want to stretch you so tight before you come. Becky kind of, like, freezes up a little bit. I think it's a little overstimulating at that moment.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: She's like, don't worry, I'm not scared. And she's like, that's okay. I'll just, like, kiss you for a little while. She gasped as my lips made contact with her again. And started whining at once, high-pitched animal sounds, as her hand wound tightly in my hair. I made satisfied noises in response. I wanted her to know how much I loved it. How much I loved... her. The knowledge of what she was to me fell around me like a cloak. I had named her my Zenith, and now she truly was. From that night of first knowing her, all our moments until now, and everything I wanted for our future. I closed my eyes and ate Becky out like her pleasure was the only thing standing between me and death. (sighs) And then, of course, Becky is like oh my god please give me more of your tail
1: oh my god <laughs> and it's... she does and th- that's it, the end
0: <laughs> yeah and then she pulls out her tail and licks licks it off like an ice cream cone that is how it is described
1: <laughs> i'm like i just need a moment to like collect myself You're good. It's like oh, this is just like this scene brain rot right now <laughs> yeah
0: so cassie thank you for your service <laughs> nicole and i are both saluting you
1: (laughs) oh that was great i also like the first line of the next chapter i woke up tangled in sheets feeling like i'd been righteously fucked and for the first time in recent memory i literally had no idea what time it was so good righteously fucked like hell yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so she literally doesn't know what day it is because she's in new jersey and time maybe moves different there but really she's just been fucked so good
1: yeah. And then who fucking shows up but Gibraltar, wait. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: Jor- Jorlahut. Jor-la- First of all, she like looks out the window and there are creatures described as spider horses, mm, oh. which terrifying. I do not like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Becky very much does not like it either. <laughs> so Hut shows up and I think Becky is still like buck ass <laughs> naked. She's like, who the fuck are you? And he says, I should be asking you that, human. Only I already knew who you are, Quen's folly. And she's like, she'll be back soon. Jorlahut is like, you don't belong here. Quen is a fool. Put clothes on. Then he sees the, like, smashed vodka bottle. Becky was, like, clutching it when she was teleported, and Quen, like, threw it against the wall after she got it out of her hands. He says, well, isn't fate a fuck? She says, you're scaring me more than what you saw out there. I took a deep inhale, unable to deny I had seen a spider horse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny. had essentially tells her a drunk driver killed her beloved Zenith. This is the first time that she's heard that word, not during sex. <laughs> she's now unsure if it's a word or a name. And he says that that was a woman that she loved and that uh, drunk people discussed her. What do you think of this part?
1: This is the one part in the book where it like kind of lost me for a second. Yeah,
0: I was like, this is contrived. Please yeah. move on.
1: Literally the exact word I was about to use. Yeah. But I was like, it's fine. The yeah. rest of it is just so fucking good that I was like, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it.
0: I literally forgot how how stupid this was until we came back to it. That's how yeah. good the rest of it is. Yeah. So she's like, fine, I'll never compare, obviously. And she goes back and... She finds out that she did not miss her wedding.
1: But also, the whole, like, I'll never compare thing, but also, yeah, like, the entire demon condo or whatever is just, is, like, kind of just a shrine to Quen's past and also with she
0: Yeah, so Becky didn't miss her wedding, and also we get Quen's schmettet post, which I find very funny. I loved this. Dear Schmettet, I'm told humans turn to you in times of need. I, 100 plus demoness was recently invited to share time with a human couple, 24 male and 23 female, respectively. I only feel attraction for the girl, but my inclusion in the relationship seems to be tearing them apart. I desperately want her to be mine. She's my zenith, the one I see when I look up at the stars. But if I claim her so, it would be taking her away from the only man she's ever loved, the only life she's ever known, and all the opportunities she's worked so hard to get. I feel like we are meant to be, even as I know me acting on that will destroy her life. Am I the asshole?
1: No, you're in love.
0: Uh, Listen, if I read this on, on Reddit, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're being the
1: asshole. here. <laughs> like, Honestly, yeah.
0: you're here and you're like, I'm going to end this girl's whole career. <laughs> to,
1: because,
0: because I love her so much. I love her. balloon. Like, <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta slow your roll, girl.
1: Um. Okay, but what if you read it on Schmedit?
0: If I read it on Schmedit, I would of course be like, Ah, yes. <laughs> the zenith is a very important thing, and plus, uh, straight relationships aren't as valuable. <laughs> <Yeah. Sorry. laughs> that, that was Schmedit Claudia saying that. You can't. You can't blame her. <laughs> so yeah, she shows up on her friend's doorstep and her friends are like oh my god we've not seen you in like two days we've been covering for you nobody knows where you've been what the fuck and her wedding is tomorrow (laughs) or like in the morning it's after midnight (laughs) so then we get to the wedding which is going to happen still oh my god imagine still going through with this So Quinn comes back from apparently clothes shopping for Becky, and she apparently went nuts buying Becky shit. She bought her, like, three entire stores worth of clothes.
1: But also, I wonder what demon fashion is like. Is it just suits and stuff?
0: I want to see Becky in a suit.
1: Oh my god, is it like New York City is no longer a fashion capital? Now it's like demon New York City?
0: Ooh, New Jersey. (laughs) I
1: was just about to say New Jersey.
0: Atlantic City. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) so she comes home and she's like becky i bought you all these clothes and jorla's like funny seeing you here looking for someone in your own home (laughs) in your own home and he's like i didn't kill her don't worry and like this is such a pointless little moment where she's like okay thanks for sending her back asshole and convincing her that she wanted to go if I see you again, I will kill you.
1: <laughs> oh, she was like, I'll take you to a dimension or whatever. Yeah. A plane that no one knows about except for me. And like, n- no one will ever find you again.
0: If I see you again, nothing will stop me from killing you. I will take you to a plane known only to me and you will disappear. Do you understand? I watched his throat bob as he swallowed. Yes, then get out of my sight. Oh, so Quen texts her and she's like, I never want you to cry again, Becky, but if you must, I want to be there to catch all your tears. And... Becky's like, you said you never hurt me, Quen. So stop, please. And she stops texting her, which is like, uh. So, the wedding. Yes. We get a real graduate moment here. Yes. Quen goes to the wedding. She shows up in her military finery. A crisp navy suit with a high tight collar and two lines of silver buttons, plus every medal I'd ever received pinned in neat formation above my breast. Then I strapped on my show sword, long and elegant, in its silver scabbard, with its round ruby pommel and its thick leather hilt, before slicking my hair back in a severe fashion and grabbing my gift, portaling up to earth. Which, hot, first of all. I'm not like a military kind of girl, but hot. Yeah. She gets to the church. We find out that Jesus died for her sins, too. Who knew? Thanks,
1: Jesus. Thanks.
0: (laughs) The Buddy Christ. She shows up and she yells out, I was led to believe I could object. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote, yes, ha ha ha, yes. yes.
1: <laughs>
0: My yes. one sicko moment in this book. Yep. Gemma is like, uh, Becky isn't here. She never showed up. We're kind of waiting on her.
1: Oh, right before that, though, I forgot about this part. <laughs> So Quinn's like where is Becky and Bastiana's like Quinn, like forgetting her name. And Quintellus says, "I object to the highest degree." I said, turning to encompass the entire space with the force of my intention, and I would be willing to do so with combat, I stated, looking up and down the line of Logan's friends, feeling confident that I could take all of them on at once. So, <laughs> where is Becky? <laughs> like hell, yeah, fight his friends.
0: And then Logan says, "You Logan said, finally placing me. What the fuck are you doing here?
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I dragged I dragged my eyes up him to glare with the promise of violence. What I would have done that night if you had let me. Stealing your woman. Which Hell is yeah. hot.
1: <laughs> but also, I'm upset we didn't okay. give Logan that voice the whole time.
0: <laughs> I tried to. I, I uh, didn't do it enough.
1: Damn.
0: What are you doing here?
1: Oh my god. <laughs>
0: I took the 105 I'm <laughs> off the coast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then Bastiana's like, Quineleph, how do you know Logan? <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, ask him. Anyway, where's Becky? And like, when's the last time you saw her? They said, we all got out of the limo together. And then she said she needed to do something and disappeared. And Quine is like, immediately, I know where she is. So she goes to the wing of the museum. That means a lot to her. Yeah. And she's in there in her full gigantic poofy wedding dress.
1: Mm-hmm. Becky pretty much tells Quen, like, I can't be with Logan, but that doesn't mean that I should be with you. Love this for her character, mm-hmm. because for so long, she's just like, been trying to fit into these like shoes or whatever uh, Mm -hmm. that have been presented to her now she's done doing that with the graphs but then she also realizes that she needs time to work on herself she says quen i drink a lot and i don't want to anymore but i can't promise i'll ever sort my shit out and i don't want you looking at me like that until you do and quen says you drink because he's hurting you no i drink because i'm hurting me
0: so good so
1: good just let me take ownership for something in my life okay i am a liar and i'm a fuck up and just because you don't agree with me doesn't mean that that that's not true so fucking good yeah. i love this where it's just like we're obviously she's not denying that she wants quen mm-hmm. but she's just like i can't do this she's like i'm not in a place where like she doesn't want to subject quen to that either yeah
0: and she oh, says love it. you have a whole life on another plane without me, Quen. I saw it. I wouldn't want you to give that up for me. What if I want to? she said, crowding closer. The answer is still no. She says, I don't know what to do, Becky. I do, I told her. I need you to let me go, Quen. For a bit. I don't know how long. I just need to live my own life and make my own mistakes, and learn that I can pull myself up again. But I would help you, she whispered intensely, bowing her head to mine. You will, Quenlith, I told her, by letting me go.
1: Just so fucking good yeah so good
0: i couldn't believe that this was happening it was so exciting to read yes like after so many sudden nonsense weddings and engagements and things and like i will admit to this point shit's moving fast yes like if they had been like well we're getting married now i would have been like i don't really believe it but i'm willing to let it go yeah. But here I am deeply praising Cassie Alexander for having a romantic lead who ultimately chooses herself. Yes. How very waitress of her.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it so much because yeah, if they got together now and got like married or whatever, I would have felt unsatisfied. I'm like there's still a lot that needs to happen. Yeah. And like they realize that and they're like, "No. Let's hang on for a little bit. And Quenolith, you know, as much as she doesn't want to, obliges.
0: Yeah. Before she leaves, she says, He didn't tell you what Zenith meant, though, did he? It is a term of affection, the highest order my kind can grant. It means that when I look at the stars, I see you in them. And yes, I once used that term for another, but that doesn't cheapen it, Becky. It only proves I know the boundaries of my heart. I heard her take a ragged inhale. I know exactly what this feels like, to have no doubt or questions, and I do not call you my zenith lightly. When I say it, I know full well what it means. For as long as we both draw a breath, Becky, I will see you in my stars, no matter what sky I am beneath. So call me my zenith, if you two look up and, and think of me.
1: And before she goes, she also gives her, like, a little wedding gift. Yeah. It's just a small box, and we don't really, we don't know what's in it.
0: And then Becky's life collapses.
1: Oh, God, this poor girl. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. I'm also still like, good for her. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Because it's like, yeah. She's, she's making
0: decisions for herself.
1: Exactly. And also, it's just great to know that she has such a good support system with her friends. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like, she crashes with Gemma, I think it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, the next chapter starts off with, things were hard afterwards. Being poor sucked just as much as I'd remembered, but at least Logan had dumped all of my clothes, shoes, and purses off on Gemma's doorstep in a dramatic gesture. Little did he know I was selling them all off on Poshmark. And of course, fucking Bastiana, finally remembered her name, blackballs her. (laughs) And so she can't get a job anywhere.
0: Yeah. She eventually starts working as a barista in a cafe. And she starts having little indie galleries at the cafe. God, I just want to read so much of this. I know. She's just doing so well. Like, shit sucks, but she's doing fine. Yeah. And each month, the cafe's owner would let me pick what art we were going to put on the walls. Kyle had put in a good word for me, and the owner could give a fuck about Baciana, so I had a little handwritten business card out with my email on it, taped to the pastry display case. Word got out that I was enthusiastic, unafraid of poking holes in walls, and helped hand sell. So every couple of days, some new artist would email a portfolio over to me. I would be thrilled each time, and it got to where I would coordinate a tiny coffee drinks only because we didn't have a liquor license, reception for whoever was showing. Weeks turned into months turned into almost a year, and while my life wasn't ever easy, I had a sustainable, it had a sustainable rhythm to it. Like a dance I knew the steps to. And while occasionally customers or coworkers would flirt with me, I would always shut them down. It wasn't that I was saving myself for anyone. Not that sleeping in Gemin's living room left a lot of opportunities for dating or a mystery, even on the nights when she went over to a guy's place. It was just that I never felt right, because I still had dreams about Quen. Also, a small, small steamy bit, I would wake up tangled in my sheets, having come in my sleep or hot and bothered and needing to touch myself. And it's like, yeah? Woo! <laughs> huh?
1: Like damn, <laughs> Just gonna girl. slip that
0: one in, huh? One day at the cafe, Craylock comes in.
1: Craylock!
0: So Craylock shows up and he says, they're opening a new wing at the museum this Friday. You should come. And she says, that's nice of you to say, Mr. Craylock, but I don't think anyone there really wants me there. And he says, nonsense. I'm on the board now and I'm officially inviting you to come. So Kyle and Gemma take Becky's wedding dress (laughs) and they like redesign it and make it look like a starry night, which is very, very cute. And she goes, this gala immediately realizes she has seen every picture in that gallery before. She was the one who discovered all of those artists. And she realizes that this is like a wing dedicated to art that she is passionate about.
1: Yeah, like her taste.
0: Her taste, yeah.
1: She essentially curated this. (laughs) Yeah. But like, not directly. Yeah.
0: And Kyle is actually there. They like run up to her and they're like, you know, hi, like, you look great. Then, very quickly, a bunch of other artists come up to her, because they all know her already, because she was the one who got them their start. I took a slow scan of the room and found I recognized every single artist in it. I had shown pieces of all of their work before at the cafe. My jaw dropped as my heart felt like it was pressing against my dress's seams. I couldn't believe it. And then I saw her. Quenilith, her hair a little longer, but still in a fastidiously tailored suit, with her hands held behind her back, laughing at something someone had told her, etc. I recognize the artist's still red hair from here. And we find out that Quenelith, immediately after Becky finds these artists, Quenelith commissions them, just yeah. like quietly and secretly and anonymously. And this is her wing that she is like donated to the museum. It's really good. Also, we find out that Etc. is now engaged to Logan.
1: Which is freaking nuts!
0: It's so funny. Like, (laughs) it's honestly like a little bit good for her, to be honest.
1: Yeah, like etc is complimenting Becky's dress and is like holding a champagne flute with like a like a ring fully displayed and Becky recognizes it as Logan's great grandmother's diamond. And so it's like right off the bat, she knows. It's so funny. Engaged, I asked. Yes, she said, her eyes flashing with some combination of lust and greed. Bastiana Graf's son. He's the whole package. <laughs> uh, I love that.
0: So yeah, Becky's here and it, she feels like it's a fresh start for her. Mm-hmm. Like she finally gets to do what she wanted to do, which is, you know, display indie art from lesser known artists of, you know, people who are marginalized, not your like typical art gallery folk
1: i love it
0: it's good i love it she walks outside and she finds quen outside smoking she says would you believe i haven't smoked in 11 months 13 days and she made a show of looking at her watch about five hours and becky says that she hasn't drank in nine months and four days and there was a green chip in her purse back home to prove it the first two months were kind of rocky A whole lot of what was me and what the fuck have i done going on but things got easier after that
1: so yeah, Becky's just like, wow, like, I can't believe you did this. And Quinn says, I like Earth, Becky. I always intended to stay here, but I was worried if I told you that 11 months or so ago, you wouldn't believe me. And Becky's like, yeah, like I wouldn't have. Becky's ride comes. And so she's like, all right, well, like I gotta go. And Quinn's like, you never opened that present I gave you, did you? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, if you still have it, you should open it. So Becky gets home, pulls off its ribbon, and opens the lid and inside the box is a summoning kit.
0: Release the contents of some. It's it's like just a candle, a large silk sack of salt, and a handwritten note that says, For my zenith,
1: Q. She shoves all of Gemma's furniture against the wall and, you know, creates a summoning circle.
0: She says she doesn't actually know how to make a summoning circle, so she just pours out all of the salt in the shape of a heart. <laughs> and like basically hopes that it works. She just like hears somebody like come up to the door. And Quen says, I walked. You can't smoke inside of portals. Just seeing her made my heart quiver. She was here and I could keep her. Love that. Yeah. And then there is a brief but cute sex scene. Quen says, did you discover what I already knew? What's that? I whispered. Whatever it was, I needed to know desperately that you deserve love, Becky. She said simply as her arm around my waist held me close, exactly how you are. I stared at her, feeling like I'd just seen my rawest reflection in a mirror, right before someone had thrown a rock through it, bringing it all shattering down. Everything all came down to that, didn't it? After my parents died, me desperately contouring my life to fit into other people's lives, chasing after the affection and affirmation I was scared I'd never get again. I rocked back involuntarily, reeling. But Quenolith caught me, and I knew she always would.
1: Such good writing.
0: So good. Also, before before they- they fuck on uh, Gemma's pull-out couch.
1: <laughs> I love this part.
0: Gemma's actually on a date right now, and she texts her like, "Do not come home." And Quinn is like, "Please say hello to her for me, and better yet, tell her to go to whatever hotel she wants tonight, and I will reimburse her." To which Becky texts, "Go to the Ritz, Quinn's treat." <laughs> and immediately she Gemma texts back, "I'm getting room service." <laughs>
1: My favorite thing about that is that like Quinn says like go go to whatever hotel but Becky's just like go to the Ritz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like good friend. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that. She could have gone to the fucking Holiday Inn.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know I would have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah. Quinn <laughs> starts like feeling her up and kissing her a little bit and Becky gets like overwhelmed with emotion. I bowed my head above hers, my zenith. I whispered and she's still drawing her mouth away from me, looking up, eyes dark and clear. Say it again, Becky, she told me. I stroked a lock of hair off her face, my beloved Zenith. And the look she gave me took my breath away, a blinding moment of effervescent glee that then quickly faded into hunger. I don't really feel like going over the sex scene if-
1: Honestly, me neither. It's, it's good, it's, it's cute. cute, it's short. It's needed. Yeah, it's the final sex scene that we always ask for. Exactly. It's the just the cherry on top. That's why it doesn't need to be so... It doesn't need to be so much. This is the cherry yeah. on top.
0: Also, she tries to, like, apologize for making Quen wait. And she's like, no more apologies. He did what you had to do. So good. Yeah. So then we get the epilogue. And we get a wedding. We do. I will say the second most deserved wedding.
1: I was just about to say, I'm like, I, you know, was worried because if it happened where the first wedding was supposed to happen yeah. i would not have yeah. been happy i'd I think... be like
0: you fucking squandered it
1: yeah exactly so epilogue wedding fine with me
0: a plus especially because they do not give a timeline of when this happens
1: yeah so it could be four years
0: yeah any amount of time and it's a wedding and at the wedding craylock gives this really lovely speech yeah. uh, in in demon language i'll sum it up briefly he talks about this time where Quinn saved his life from some kind of monster. And then he starts talking about Shiloi. And Becky says, I wrapped my arm across my chest to catch Quinn's hand on my shoulder and squeeze. I didn't feel any jealousy towards Shiloi, nor did I fear her memory. As far as I was concerned, with as dangerous as Quinn's life before had been, Shiloy had kept her safe for me. Love that. Yeah, I love that Becky can love the memory of her.
1: I, I love that. Love that so much. Especially because I feel like we do see a lot of the exact opposite, which is like, "Oh, yeah. I fucking hate your ex" or whatever. Just, I exactly. just like having resentment towards a previous partner.
0: Okay, here's a very quick actual "Am I the asshole?" post that I saw once, Ooh. where it was like, "Am I the asshole for?" Telling my husband that I don't want a picture of him and his late wife up in our living room.
1: Oh, you're the asshole.
0: And she was also a widow.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: And she's like, I don't have any photos of him in the house. And it's like, what are you afraid of? That he's going to hold the seance and fuck her? <laughs> like, he was married to her for like 12 years. And you guys started dating like two years ago, like six months after she died. My God, let the man have something of hers anyway, yeah, Jesus,
1: Christ.
0: It's been months since I've read that. And I've not stopped thinking about it.
1: honestly, I would still be thinking about it too. That's just so fucking awful, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, I hope
0: it's fake. That's all I gotta say. Ugh. Craylock says Sheloy tamed Quen, which he was surprised by, but he was only surprised for a time before seeing how happy they were together. And then when Chiloy died, he assumed that Quen would re-enlist after she got out of prison. That she would go take her anger out on the vastness of the plains. So no one was more surprised than he was when that was not the case. That instead of wreaking hideous vengeance unto death, that Quen was humbled by her love for Becky. A thing that he would not have believed, even if he had not seen it happening with his own eyes. Quen starts crying. (laughs) Like, just a little bit, which is surprising because Quen never cries. Kraylock finishes with saying that he believes that she's the luckiest demon ever, that instead of being Quenolith the Conqueror, she is again Quenelith the Conquered. This time he hopes it is for life, for the universe's sake, and that he knows just as I once saved his life that you, my Zenith, have in turn saved mine. Because Quen was translating this.
1: That fucking had me in my feelings.
0: It really- it's- it's so good. I also so love good. right after- Oh my god i heard kelsey sob from two seats away which was when i realized quen's voice had picked up enough that for our whole table to hear and if it was making kelsey cry that it wasn't just me being an overly romantic sap
1: yeah yeah kelsey's just like me for real
0: <laughs> also quen tries to like whisk her away immediately after that and she's like i want to go fuck you with the hilt of my sword and she's like we can do that any night yeah <laughs> I want, I want to enjoy my real wedding. <laughs> and Nicole, we're at the end of the book here. But I want you to know, uh-huh. there is a bonus story. <gasps> there is a bonus story that is essentially just porn. It's like 10 pages and uh, Quen Foxer with the hilt of her sword. And there is art. Uh, what there's commissioned art
1: excuse me where when how much
0: so if you go to our three little words email account you can download from there you have to sign up for cassie alexander's newsletter and then she sends you an email with like a big like link list of all the bonus stories she's written
1: oh my god i
0: uh, i'm just gonna
1: oh my god it's blur oh my god
0: right (laughs) really good art
1: oh that's so good
0: Like, it's very good. It's short, but very good and very deserved. Also, the cover is very cute, too. Aww. It's called Sword Maiden, a very hot AITA, a modern fairy tale bonus story. So yeah.
1: Hell yeah. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. I was like, what am I looking at right now? And I realized I like flicked too far ahead. So I was reading something entirely different. Yeah. Like a preview of the next book or a, a different book, I mean.
0: Yeah. Before we get into rankings, I want to say that to Cassie Alexander, who I very ho- much hope is listening still, because there is no way that we're not tweeting this at you.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: But please know that I was really touched by your afterword as well, where you talk about coming out as bi, like this book is your little coming out book. And... You talk about your history with your sexuality and how you've basically always been afraid to say it. And I want to say that I don't think that you are a coward. I think that you are very reasonable to have those fears. I am very happy for you.
1: Yes, I second that.
0: Two queer women, to another queer woman here. Congrats, you know?
1: Yes, and we love you.
0: Yes, we love you. (laughs) Also... I mean, what a what a way to to write this book!
1: Oh my god! Like, what a
0: way to come out! I wish I could come out with a with a okay. hundred and fifty page romance that fucking slaps.
1: You know, in Aladdin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when like during uh, Prince Ali the song, and mm-hmm. they march in, and then they just fucking burst through the doors.
0: Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> that's that, her coming out of the closet.
1: That's it. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of like triumphant. And theatrical, it's like, hell yeah, it's everything.
0: Oh man. <laughs> Good book. You want to move into rankings, Nicole?
1: Well, smash your pass. I mean Yeah,
0: that's part of rankings, I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. But
0: um obviously smash, smash,
1: and then I, a bonus smash for um fuck.
0: <laughs> Greylock.
1: Great luck, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: but luck. We didn't get a whole lot of him in this book. Whenever he was on screen, I was like, ah, on, on yeah. page, I guess. It's like it's
1: like he's our friend. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, like I know this guy.
0: <laughs> so Nicole, what do you give this book for steaminess?
1: Okay. I'm going to break our usual format here. Okay. This was almost my first 555 five, five book. Really? And I say that because I give the steaminess a six. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I Wait, miss- does that mean that the others are five
1: for you? Yes.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is... <laughs> that...
1: Wow. This is a momentous occasion.
0: <laughs> I mean, I almost want to give it a five, five, five just, just for the the honor of it. But let's go through point by point here. Okay, okay. <laughs> I gotta give it a five, too. Like,
1: yeah. It's, yeah.
0: it's amazing. Like... It, I love working it into the plot. I love the detail. It's hot. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, I cannot overstate enough how hot it is.
1: I feel like there's nothing else for me to say. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, it's just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Dreaminess.
0: I'm giving it a five. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm being generous here. But like, in the end, I feel it's incredibly earned.
1: Absolutely.
0: Even if we're taking this as, like, taking place over the course of, like, two weeks or something, and we're kind of, like, we're not at I love yous, but we're at, like, I, I'm dedicated to yous, at least from, uh, Quen. But, like, she's a demon, and, like, Becky takes a longer time to come around. Mm-hmm. I say in our intro, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. <gasps> and Becky has done that.
1: She's done the dreamiest thing you can do!
0: The dreamiest thing. Five. Five. i i like it so nicole what do you give this for meaniness as as we already heard
1: five baby
0: tell me your reasoning
1: okay because the jokes hit when there were jokes in here Mm -hmm. but also just the i mean looking at the cover of this book like me me right there then Mm -hmm. you just like the whole like lore dumps that just, like, came and you're just like, what? Wait, there's this whole, like, other, there's, like, this whole thing going on. Which I just thought were also kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Ow. And just, like, added to just the wackiness of this is a woman fucking a demon. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're just, like, you can go to, like, a fucking Costco and get a demon summoning kit. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's just a thing you can do. You can the just lore get. is very funny. It's so good. I don't know. It just It just, like, made me laugh so many times. And then of course, on top of that, I don't know, just like little things thrown in here that just like really hit. And I thought like the pacing of jokes was good too. It wasn't like too heavy at some points. Yeah. You know,
0: it never felt wacky. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm being too generous. But I agree. I think this is our first five, five, yes! five. <laughs> I think that meme always goes back and forth for us. But yeah, right now, for me, meme in this book is not how unintentionally funny it is how goofy it is how silly it is it's not even how intentionally funny it is for me right now Mm -hmm. it's how fun is this
1: yes that you know agreed
0: this book is it's just so much fun i'm not gonna say it's like oh this is the most fun i've had in several books because we've read several fun books in a row Mm -hmm. here actually but i i really enjoyed it i i had fun this is a book i would highly highly recommend to our readers 100%. 100%. Even if you listen to this summary all the way through, I know that some people are like, oh, I'm going to listen to this instead of reading the book. Read the book.
1: Oh my God, 100%. There's stuff that
0: we didn't cover in here.
1: Yeah, and things that we definitely could have, you know, gone into a lot more detail about. Again, we could have done a three-hour-long podcast on just the sex scene alone. <laughs> yeah. Like the sex scene, I mean. I love this. I love yeah, this. This
0: was so much fun. I feel sorry for our next book because it has... A hard act to follow. Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm like still blown away by the fact that we have a five 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 now.
0: Yeah, a double five five five. Yeah, a ten ten (gasps) ten.
1: That's the highest you can go.
0: Uh, Cassie Alexander, please DM me your address, and uh, I will mail you a trophy.
1: I will mail you an edible arrangement.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll mail you an edible if you want. I don't know if it's legal where you live, but (laughs) (laughs) for for legal reasons, that is a joke. (laughs) i don't know nicole what is what is your final word on on uh, aita modern fairy tale
1: okay going into it i did not expect much Mm -hmm. i didn't expect anything to be honest Mm -hmm. this was such a fucking pleasure read this book and that's that's it
0: i'm so glad that this was recommended to me basically by chance
1: yeah what are the freaking odds but like hell yeah it worked out very well (laughs) it certainly did it's good I'm still just blown away by how much I loved it.
0: Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, I will come back and read this again and not just the sex
1: parts. Amen. <laughs> what are we reading next time? Oh, what's, what's oh, this poor bastard I'm gonna have <laughs> to follow up this episode?
0: So, next time, we're going to be reading Second Wind by Seely Simkiss. This is a geriatric lesbian <laughs> romance.
1: Which was the episode that I made that joke in?
0: Vladimir.
1: Yeah. I joked about a geriatric romance. And then I was like, you know what? Let's follow through.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we found a lesbian one. So everybody wins.
1: Oh, my God. See, it's like it took us a little while to Mm -hmm. do lesbian romances. And then once Sember hit, it was like, all right. The
0: floodgates are open. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess we got to read more books about about queer men. We do. There are three things I want on our on our list for future books.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want more books about queer men.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want a polyamorous book. Ooh. And I want to read a Peruvian or at least Hispanic romance or yes. one with, with characters of Peruvian or Hispanic descent.
1: I looked for Peruvian ones, couldn't find anything. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so day. I can be the first. I need to write something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, what do you give your own book?
1: Uh, an 11 out of nice. five, each category. Pog. God, imagine writing and then having to compete with this. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: This is such a weird hidden gem because like, yeah, this has like no reviews on Goodreads or like very few. Let me see.
1: We need to like somehow blow this shit up. Yeah. It came and it came out October 2021, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. This book is only like a year old at time of recording. It's like a year and a half at time of uh, broadcast. Okay. It has 288 ratings.
1: On Goodreads?
0: Yeah, which all things considered, like, yeah, that's a lot for an, a random Amazon book. Mm-hmm. But also, this deserves more. We've Absolutely. read way worse books with way better ratings and way more ratings.
1: Oh my god.
0: If I break. <laughs> <You
1: know>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, I think that's it.
1: That's it. I'm just going to sit with that for a second. Hmm. All right, well... <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. You can check us out on Twitter at the 3LW podcast. We are also on Patreon and all the things. Twitter might be dead by this point. Who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows what's happening? If not, we're on Tumblr, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram.
1: Join our Discord.
0: Join our Discord. We have Discord. Yeah. Like, i like, I'm straight up going to read out the series <laughs> of letters and numbers to you right now. The code, get ready. D, capital J, lowercase E, F, K, Z, capital J, lowercase N, F, capital P. That will get you to our Discord. Join our Discord. Join our Discord. We have, we have things there for Patreons. You can talk to us. We got plural PluralKit installed in there if you're Plural. I'm Plural. I, I, we're using that occasionally now.
1: Hell yeah. So yeah,
0: you get to talk to Oak as himself if you want and he can tell you how tired he is of episodes being four hours long.
1: (laughs) Whoops. Thanks, Uh, Oak. He's not that
0: bad. Yeah, love you, Oak.
1: (laughs) Love you. Claudia, where can the people find you?
0: People can find me on Twitter at PunkDyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. Can't believe nobody had that at. Also, if Twitter is gone, I don't know where I am. (laughs) If Twitter collapses, like like a, an Eastern European regime, <laughs> then I'm. You can find me on most platforms at We Are Alexandra. That's our like whole system handle. <laughs> Nicole, where can the people find you?
1: Well, if Twitter still exists, you can find me at Sexy That's S E X Y P A G L I A C C I, the sexy clown. So that's on Twitter. <laughs> um. <laughs> twitter's done and gone forever just find me on the discord i can dox myself you can find me on facebook uh <laughs> yeah add us on linkedin
0: <laughs> do not add us on linkedin
1: uh i'm like what are you i'm like looking at through my socials right now
0: we gotta find, remake our socials just in case
1: shit find me on uh fuck what was the google one g spot no it's,
0: not what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's google plus they're doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite Google service, the G Spot. Man. Oh, you got my Shaggy voice coming out there. Oh my God, I'm crying. Lifelong Scoob. Got to find the G
1: Spot. <laughs> Oak,
0: you can cut all of this.
1: Crying. That's it, right? We don't have anything else to say.
0: Yeah, that's it. Did uh, we say bye? No, we didn't say bye. bye. We we're talking about the cheese spot. <laughs> anyway, let's let's compose.
1: Oh. okay. Well, that's it for this week. Tune in next time. We will see you then. Goodbye, friends. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by our patrons June B and the Evergreen Collective, and by listeners like you. Thank you. Hey, CJ, is that Gahooligans promo ready yet?
1: Sure is, PB. You want to hear it? Yeah. Hello, Owlets. I can hear your beaks churring with the who's, the why's, and other forbidden questions about Catherine Lasky's Guardians of Gahool. Join us, the Gahooligans, twice every dwanking in the great blue yonder, for some glocks given spronk, some laughter therapy, and some subglotious ransacking of literary merit.
0: Okay, I only understood about a third of that, and
1: did you use an owl swear in there? No, you didn't do the assigned reading?
0: No, that's your job, CJ. I'm just here for the owl facts.
1: Well, we'll have to work on your vocabulary.
0: I guess you'll have to teach me every other week on Guhooligans.
1: Only on the Moonshot Network.